So um, this is uh, episode seven. Episode seven. You know, seven's like the best number in the entire (laughs) world. Seven not only represents creation, but it's also the day on which I was born and the final number in the year on which I was born. That being said, this is episode seven. I'm Will, and uh, here's my co-host, David. How are you doing, David? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Last week's episode was a little short, but... Deal with it. Man, my thoughts exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I saw oh. you had a lot of stuff to talk about this week. So yeah, uh, no, no. If you want, let's, you, let's take let's the reins, man. Do no, it. no, 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 <laughs> no. I was just trying to, I was trying to set the stage for you. Okay, okay. okay. Um, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so there's a couple of new shows that have come out recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen clips from them. Have you seen the clips of the new show Manifest? I did not know that show existed. Okay, so let me describe the premise for this show. Okay, okay. So there's all these people on an airplane. Mm-hmm. And then they get off the airplane. Mm-hmm. And people are like, you've been missing for five years. Okay, okay. Does it feel like that's been done before? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> maybe I watch, watch more shows. But <laughs> it's just getting so ridiculous. Like, for me... So I'm. <laughs> is this a, is this like a full on TV series or full is this, on TV series? It's not a mini series. No, uh, no full like on TV series. series. And so you know, this show is going to be about unraveling this mystery of what could have possibly have happened. And you yeah. can't you can't see what I just did, but I just rolled my eyes very heavily to a point where I actually might have hurt myself. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then there's this new show. So that one, okay. So there's another new show called New Amsterdam. And I don't. Did you ever watch uh, the Blacklist? Mm, is that um, it had the voice actor for Ultron, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, <laughs> no <laughs> I'm, big all, deal. I'm all giving you like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely. <laughs> did I not totally watch know it. that one. Uh, maybe not. So, so this one is about this doctor mm-hmm. that doesn't play by the rules. You see, what happened uh, is. Uh, <laughs> Back, back in the day, I don't know. Some someone related to him it died at this hospital because of something they didn't do at this hospital, mm-hmm. some procedure mm-hmm. that they didn't want to take the risk for. And so he comes in, he starts running it, and the first thing he does is that procedure. No, oh, he okay. like he fires like the the whole department that should have been in charge of that. He fires all of them, and. I don't. I don't know. I can't. I can't remember what else goes on. But I feel like people just want something to fill in the gap. Uh, yeah. Of Grey's Anatomy and ER and shows of the like. Oh, I'm sure. Like, oh, let's find a premise to create a new drama. Oh, I think I might have seen like the initial like trailer, trailer for that one. thing for that one. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the dark but short hair or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, so the first thing today is you're all fired or something like that, right? <laughs> you're all fired. And then yeah. they show him up on the rooftop and then like a nurse talk to him. And she's probably like, are you sure that's a good idea? And he's like, 
Yeah. yeah. Trust yeah. me. I know We've what got I'm doing. This. <laughs> All of my radical techniques are also going to benefit us, but they're probably going to harm us because that's going to be season two. <laughs> <laughs> so you I mean, read the script. Su- such is drama. You read the script? Yes. Okay. Good. I wrote it. Hey, you wrote it? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. You're not doing a little put, script work here and there. You're not going to put much faith into our audience that we're <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we want to create a video game. What do you guys think of this? <laughs> no, when you guys hear my scripts, it's a completely different story. Yeah. Okay. There's a real thought put into it. I could tell that pause was like, I want to get cocky, but it was it was a pregnant pause. Oh, pregnant pause. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that is now. I was, it's just there to to gestate. You know what I'm saying? I wanted you guys to to grow with me in that silence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So enough of crappy new tv shows um this is something that i totally forgot about i went to the gamestop i don't know to pick up the new valkyria chronicles 4 and uh then i saw some boxes on the floor and they were the labos mm-hmm. boxes for the labos which is funny that it's a box that contains boxes mm-hmm. but um i had completely forgot that was Box-ception. even <laughs> I, I forgot that was even a thing yeah they got new ones out they're vehicles i didn't now. know that either oh wow yeah. okay i just got an email from nintendo about it have you have you seen any of them in action at all no i have not but i assume that what nintendo is effectively doing is creating a platform that allows you to use the joy cons and in their screen in very creative ways but they also did it to where like i think the joy cons are loaded with so many more features than anybody knew they were loaded with. Right. And now they're... I think Nintendo had a master plan going forward in that not only is the system portable, but it's also malleable. And I think For our listening the, audience, malleable? Oh, malleable is uh, easily formed or like formed into different objects. Uh, think of like, like putty or something like that. That would be considered malleable material. Um, so I think they had this plan with the Wii in that the controllers were put into all these like preset objects or whatever. Like, so when you played baseball, you just put into like a, a nerf baseball bat looking thing. Really dog. <laughs> oh, he's like, Oh no. Okay. I thought he threw up. Anyways, <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. Um, <laughs> it's uh, okay. Leave it in. So he, like, he's, he's dog sitting right now. So for my parents, dog, the cutest dog ever. Anyways, the, um, yeah. So a lot of the, the, we had so many like peripherals, but they weren't actually, new things they were just things where you use the controller mm-hmm. in a different operation yeah. which was really cool i mean like when you're playing like the baseball games or the tennis games it was really nice it was a lot nicer to say oh, i forgot oh, look, about the tennis racket yeah, to feel like you had like an actual tennis racket and then when they added like the wii board the, the like the balance board or whatever mm-hmm. and added all the balance board started off as just the balance board or like the the wii board and then it suddenly you re- you found out for other games that it had like an accelerometer that measured like the the angle of your feet and then like the measured the weight distribution like and everything so it was able to like track whether or not you were a a pronator or a supinator that is walking on the inside or the outside of your foot so things like that thank you our audience appreciates that <laughs> <laughs> um but and like, me for that one i had no clue um wellspring of knowledge um they so they created like all these accessories like going towards the end of not even the end of the life of the Wii but like it was mid midlife for the Wii they didn't really start off with it and they were trying to like yeah they were trying to <laughs> they were trying to breathe more life into it but I think what happened with the Switch is they decided 
instead of adding these things afterwards, why don't we just make sure that the controllers are loaded up with things that our engineers and our developers can figure out what how to use them later on? And maybe we don't reveal them at, at, at the get-go. Why do we need to tell people that there's an IR sensor in the front of the controller? It doesn't have any initial use, right? But we figured out what we can use it for, and that is to um, we can use it for imaging. So I mean, that's what the labo uses them for sometimes. So what it'll do is it'll put like out a like a like a laser like a IR IR beam, and then when you interrupt it with like the piano or something like that, it gauges the distance at which you interrupted it, so then you can tell what key is actually being pressed. So yeah, so <laughs> Nintendo people people think they're gimmicky and people think that mm-hmm. they they're just oh whatever. No, these people are literally just going. IR sensors are mad cheap. We can put it in here and we can find a use for it later on. Okay. Yeah. You know? And then, <laughs> and then I, I'm starting to buy in. Like I, before I would I was just like Nintendo, Nintendo's just whatever and he's Will's always said that Nintendo their genius is there and I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to buy into it. They they have some I mean that's that's amazing. They're uh, what are the little figurines called? I the amiibos. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean I'm sure that's well. I guess they didn't really. I didn't. I guess they didn't want the first ones. I guess it was the Skylanders, wasn't it? Right. That did that. Um, the and then they were like, it's... "Man, our characters are mad popular." Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I'm pretty sure. I'm. Pr- I, I mean, I'm not. I couldn't be like. I'm not like completely sure, but I'm pretty sure whoever developed the Spyro thing and whatever patent was involved in that, I'm pretty sure Nintendo bought them up because Skylanders really don't exist anymore. Really? I think I think Skylanders is like fall into the wayside. I'd have to look it up. I thought um, it was. I'm pretty sure they're. I'm pretty sure not th- they're not that big anymore. Never mind. I mean, I haven't really I been to know. a Target in so, something in a while. They usually always have that big display up with the yeah. Skylanders, but uh, Nintendo's always been consistent. They. I mean, think if you think about all the video game companies, Nintendo has always been yes, the one that just said, "Most consistent." We we do what we do. You'll like it. Don't worry. We got mm-hmm. this. Except for the Wii U, which I liked. But they're still consistent in that the games that came out were part of their rotation of oh, how yeah. they do things. Totally. And then now they're like, you know what? I know people didn't like the Wii U. We liked it. Um, but. I, I wonder if Let's there was all those on the switch because you like that a lot more yeah. and the well, switch has more power. So, Hey, why not? Well, part of me thinks that maybe, you know, like, like you have to release a new console, you know, that like, that's how they kind of get in the mindset. And maybe that's what happened with the Wii U because they're like, well, the Wii has been out for a long time. It's that time. Let's do it. But realistically, if they waited another, like, three years maybe their engineers would have said okay well this wii u idea was a good idea but you know i mean i mean the wii u evolved into into the switch the switch is effectively an upgraded wii u yeah. yes yeah i mean yeah i think that if they would have waited they may have come out with that and they would have never had the slump that was the wii u but even so, then people like to say it's a slump but still the wii u sold didn't sell as well as the Wii, but it's kind of hard to sell as much as the Wii since that was like the fastest growing yeah. console. And of all of the console, it still may not have sold out that generation's worth of consoles, but it was one of the fastest growing consoles. For yeah, them. it still never got up to PS2, no, if I remember no, right. No. Oh, shoot, that that was a phenomenon in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but if you really think about it, they needed the Wii U to ensure that they were still part of the quote-unquote console wars. Because if you really think about it, the Wii U era was 
PS3, and Xbox 360, both consoles of which did not live up to their predecessors and had issues that didn't plague their predecessors and that have been fixed in the generation following. So that era in general of consoles is really shitty. I mean, you had the th- uh, the PS3 that didn't have enough games, right? Then you had the Xbox 360, which was actually outdoing them in games and had like a good lineup of games. But then they had a console that was constantly overheating because somebody decided, eh, we don't need a fan. And <laughs> you know what I mean? So you, you have like these game-breaking things, not even game-breaking, these console-breaking things. And then you have the Wii U, which underperformed and it felt even more gimmicky than the Wii, which is really hard to do in that all those games started using that second screen. And a lot of people were like, I don't want to look up and down. I don't want to constantly have to be moving my head to play a video game. You know, like why am I going to have this 70 inch TV and then have this three inch screen? You know what I mean? I mean, I like, it had really creative uses, but I do feel like it was so gimmicky to the point where a lot of people were like, Oh Yeah. And the the tech bump or the spec bump from the Wii to the Wii U wasn't a ton. It was a little bit in in that it was able to produce better graphics, but it wasn't so much to a point where people were like, whoa, you know? Well, I remember playing Xenoblade Xenoblade Chronicles X. That was for the Wii U, yeah. And uh, and they used the the second screen as, as the map. Right. And be able to find resources and whatnot on there. And I remember them talking about um, porting that over to the Switch. Mm-hmm. And my my actual initial reaction was, uh, what about my sucked. second screen? I, yeah, <laughs> like I I want to be able to see uh, I want to be able to see my map always. That was really convenient. So, it it's funny because some of their gimmicks worked. Mm-hmm. Some of the times that second screen came in handy. It wasn't even really a gimmick though. For that, that was just like oh oh that meant, they were already doing that with the DS. You know, I was gonna say oh that's my next thing. The yeah. DS was the same thing. A yeah. lot of people thought it was a gimmick, but then suddenly there's so many games that we're able to like maximize the usage of those two screens by doing and, simple things. Yeah. Free up space on the main screen, get rid of the HUD altogether. Mm-hmm. So even if you never focus on the bottom screen, you're still getting a lot of like, I didn't even think about that content. Yeah. yeah. A, the, lot were, a lot of the main content was up HUD. top. Like huh. your health bars were on the bottom. Like when you're playing, say for instance, like Final Fantasy three or Final Fantasy four remake, mm-hmm. the DS allowed to where all of the menu commands were on the bottom. So then they could focus on, you could focus on like the fact that the 3D effects were all up top. Everything looked really good. And you're like, oh, sweet. This is, this looks like a really good game. And you're not cluttering up my screen with, you know, health bars and ATB bars and things like that. Although I will say like... Less real estate loss. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, like they did Kingdom Hearts, Dream Drop Distance for 3DS. And then... Never played it. Sorry. Still never played it? Yeah. Well, I was playing Bravely Default on your 3ds and then i have it for ps4 for it. yeah because it the uh 2.8 oh, 2.8 thing yeah oh well okay you borrow that so well, anyway and finish the other ones but anyway <laughs> in 2.8 um so in the D- 3ds version you like i don't know it's it's just like a, a special attack you use for your dream eater and you'll use the the touchscreen part of the 3ds and you'll like pull it back and kind of do like a slingshot thing. Mm-hmm. But to do that on the PS4, obviously there's an extra second screen, but it's not, not a big deal because there's the second uh, joypad mm-hmm. or oh. analog, analog stick. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it effectively does the same thing. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was going to, I was going to use uh, 
the the uh, what are the what are the Nintendo figurines called again? Amiibo. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was going to use that other, earlier the segue over to because we're talking about Skylanders or Nintendo would start borrowing from Skylanders, mm-hmm. but then the PlayStation Classic is coming out, and obviously you know they're borrowing from Nintendo Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, how, like how do you feel about this Nintendo PlayStation Classic? I feel does, like does it annoy you? No, no. Okay. If anything, it shows that the market for nostalgia, which was our first episode, is so much more broad than a lot of people realize, and that I understand that there's companies that will cash in on that. There's also companies that look at it as this isn't necessarily a cash grab. This is like literally giving people what they want, what yeah. they're asking for. And who am I to deny them that? Mind you, they're thinking, hey, we're going to make a crap ton of money off of this. But at the same time, they're still fulfilling a lot of wishes of a lot of people. I do really feel like it's just like a like a raspberry pie wrapped in a PS1 um, like skin with an SD card full of, you know, of uh, PlayStation ROMs. Of mystery games. That That's the weird part. Oh, it, yeah. Also, they've only released like four titles. Yes, and they said, that is the weird we'll part. We'll let you know afterwards, but you got a pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to be like all the new fighting games? You know, they're like, we're going to talk about one character each week or oh, each God. event. Soul Calibur 6 is killing me with that shrimp. <laughs> is it going to be like, I don't know, there's 20 days. It's going to be like 16 days before release. They're going to keep on announcing one game for the PlayStation Classic. Yeah. Uh, that would be pretty dumb. We're going to take a really quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. And we are back. My dog needs to go outside. All right. So have you heard about Deadpool getting a PG-13 re-release in theaters this winter. I did not hear about that. Is that just the first one or both of them? That I do not do not know. I don't do not know. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds pretty interesting. Um, I do feel like the, the, I mean, the major pull of the movie was the fact that it was rated R. Yeah. And... Uh, Though, actually, really, when I think about it, and it could just be my sensibilities when it comes to what needs to be censored and whatnot, didn't really seem that harsh. There were certain things where it's like, oh, they, they kind of pushed the envelope of a joke here, you know? And then other times where it was just like, okay, that doesn't really seem like rated R stuff, but okay, whatever. And, I mean, there are certain scenes where they'd have to cut out almost completely. Or I wonder, ha- Well, I wonder if they already recorded a PG-13 part. You know, because typically... Uh, when they make movies, because when when they want to show it on TV, multiple takes and whatnot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or when they have like a, the really bad like stand-in actors, so that yes. like an actor goes, "What the fuck?" and then another person goes, "What the truck?" and then <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> the, the greatest. Thing I haven't ever. heard that in so long, but oh my gosh, that was like <laughs> the best. That They're was nostalgia best. or deja vu. I don't know what you call it. Anyway. Um, so you think that's interesting? I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's interesting. I think because they're the, testing the waters, apparently, if the, they can be in an Avengers movie. You know, the worst part about it is they're testing the waters after they already realized that the waters were, were nice. They're good. They <laughs> could go in rated R and be fine. And I think part of the thing is Wait, you that, think Deadpool can go to the, the MCU. No, 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 no. I'm thinking what they're testing the waters for is ensuring or like they're testing waters after the fact. Like, oh, I wonder if this will appeal to another market yeah. when. Most people know, 
and I know it's not, it shouldn't be this way, but a lot of people went and saw a rated R movie regardless if they were able to see a rated R movie. Mm-hmm. It was one of those movies that even parents were like, hey, let's bring the kids. And then at the end of the Deadpool movie, or like at the beginning or whatever, they were talking about how your kids shouldn't be here anyways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you're offended by these jokes, that's your fault. Why would you bring them <laughs> here? But at the same time, like I said, a lot of the jokes, and it could just be my sensibility, didn't really seem very rated R. There were some scenes where it's like, ah, I guess that's pushing the envelope a little bit. But even then, I think this PG-13 release is just saying, hey, guess what? We're going to make a version that you can, like, when your kids are going down for quiet time or something and they're just going to watch a movie, you they can you can put on a Deadpool now and it's PG-13 and you don't have to worry about it. Or they're just in the waters. I don't really think that they really want to blend them in there. And even if they do... I don't think they should. You know the reason if they are testing the waters, they're bringing them to the MCU is because Kevin Feige is taking over X-Men. Right. And, like, right now, like, Dark Phoenix, I believe, is supposed to be, like, one of the last um, Mm -hmm. Fox X-Men movies. And I think that... Did you see the trailer? No, I have not, but I heard it was really bad. Um, Really? So I... Okay, so everyone was like, oh, it looks just like uh, The Last Stand. Yeah, they're not personifying Dark Phoenix as the way... That it was in the comic books. Yeah, and that I get that. An entity that like combined but it's still, with Jean Grey, but I, I actually thought it looked pretty good. I'll need to watch it. I'll definitely need to watch. It. Actually, you know what? In the next break, I'll probably watch it, and it's, then we can um, we can talk. Okay, about that it. works. Um, um, but yeah. So sorry. So I heard Kevin Feige is taking over that, and yeah. then what they what he, what he wants to do is kind of breathe life into a new generation of the X Men in that a an X Men that fits in with the MCU, but also doesn't mess with the MCU and doesn't feel like it is um like they have to retcon too much yeah yeah so um so i can definitely see where bringing deadpool back in might be good because first of all he's really good comic relief second of all in the comic books historically aside from even his one-offs he's been involved in a lot of things especially when it comes to the Mm x-men he's been involved in like two or three offshoots of the x-men and recently like there's so much x-men history that has no deadpool at all though true True. I mean, because Deadpool's a relatively new character, mm-hmm. but since Deadpool came into the into the, the zeitgeist of things, he's all he's been deeply involved in the X Men and as more or less an antihero because he does a lot of stuff the X Men either don't want to do or are uh, like have to <laughs> like like turn a blind eye to or even like things that um, he deals with certain situations in ways that the X-Men's moral code would not allow them to do so. Right. And then of course him being part of, I believe it's X-Force and kind of like the way that they go about things and how there were certain characters in X-Force that were, I guess you could call them second rate X-Men or whatever. And so they like the, the second tier, sorry, second tier X-Men. So they kind of yeah, put wow. them off to the side. Huh? <laughs> wow. I'm just saying. Anyways. Um, I mean, they, like some of the original X-Men were, they were X-Force part. Of, they too, were. So. That's what I'm saying. Some of them were, and then all. Then they had these other characters where it's like, oh, we started a story for this person. I think it would be cool to maybe expand upon that, but huh. we don't want to do it in the, in the in the framework of the new or you know of our established X Men. Why don't we put it to the side? Because maybe these problems are a different type of problem. Maybe they're not dealing with adult problems. Maybe we want these guys to deal with. Oh, X Force is so different. Yeah, but yeah, but it's, it's like this. It's, it's like very the CD, militant. It's like the CW kind of X Force. Well, they're X Force is um, it's it's way more intense. It's very, I mean, <laughs> I, it makes sense for that the need and a rated R. Uh, if it was a movie, you know, right. I, I I think it would be rated R because it's just it's more. 
I was thinking New Mutants and not X Force for a second there, and yeah, that's why I was okay. thinking CW. So I apologize for that. But yeah, X Force, yes. maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's one with Cable. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um. So hey, in Bishop, what, yeah. In what? Yeah. Bishop. No, Bishop. No, he wasn't Bishop. part of it. Uh-uh. Huh. He was X Men. Oh, X Men's my jam, by the way. No. Yeah. He, he was. He was. I guess Cable. You know. Well, will, okay. So it's been a really long time ago though. since. I mean, I read the comics a while ago. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Okay. But uh, Bishop old. was on Storm's team. There was two teams. There was the Uncanny X-Men, and there was the X-Men comics. And then there was Cyclops' team, and then there was Storm's team. And Bishop was on Storm's team. Son of a... Yep. On so they had team. like a Civil War in the X-Men too? No, no. They just oh. had two different teams is all. Okay. So, so it's because they had so, so many Bishop characters. Is the Uncanny X Men. He was part of the Uncanny X Men. Okay, well, but I mean, part of that so many, series. Yeah, there's okay. so many iterations. I don't even know if Bishop is even in the comics right now. For all I know, he's back yeah. to the future, and maybe he doesn't even exist because of something they did, or who knows? I don't know. Hmm. Well, I'm not a big X Men head. I only watched like the cartoon back in the day, and I read a couple comic books. Um, <laughs> but I mean. I like doing research on the X-Men because they tend to have a lot of the uh, the characters that have some of the biggest influences on Marvel's universe, mm-hmm. I mean, as a whole. And they, they tend to be integrated quite heavily into other teams um, and not even necessarily being a part to those teams, but just being that like something they did or something, some person they were a friend of or some well, person. Well, they, they did until... Uh, until the MCU happened, and then all of a sudden, they uh, started Marvel's separating like, oh, teams, yeah. well, we don't own them, so why are we bother with them in the comics? Yeah. So they, yeah, the X Men comics did die down for a while mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um. Go figure. Anyway, so but uh, getting back to the Deadpool movie, um, so in my opinion, I just I would love for them to just so X Men, cool, take that, and all the other properties, Fantastic Four, whatever make them part of the MCU. But I would so rather have Deadpool, like even with Fox, it's that's not the Colossus from the X-Men movies. This right. is a whole different universe. And I would love right. to see some, I don't know, some ridiculous Captain America working mm-hmm. with Deadpool like right. and cast someone, I don't know, like Matt Damon or something as Captain America and just something that doesn't really fit but would work well with ryan reynolds humor do you ever think about the fact that deadpool doesn't exist in another universe but the movies that we see that are considered deadpool are actually just from his perspective so for instance the colossus that he sees <laughs> would be technically different than okay the x-men portrayed in the other ones because he may see colossus as an oaf that makes it funnier as a, yeah, as a fun loving oaf and then yeah. everybody else sees him as so it's like they're they're all character caricatures caricatures are very, yeah so i actually see your idea it sounds really oh i would like that so much really more clean, yeah but if you really think about it and maybe the directors weren't thinking about that at all but or the the screenplay writers weren't thinking about that at all but it really does come down to that deadpool definitely sees the world differently than a lot mm. of people i mean he sees his bromance with spider-man and spider-man just goes dude whatever but then they kind of changed it with deadpool too because i mean cable's cable and I, I was I was super impressed. I, I was like, man, this is an awesome cable that Josh Brolin did. Mm-hmm. So, but even then, a lot of 
a lot of that cable was still seen through the eyes of Deadpool as this guy that was overly serious and that was offended by dubstep. <laughs> was okay. I don't remember that part. <laughs> um, but like, it's just. Um, <laughs> he's offended by dubstep. I think he was offended by dubstep, or he didn't like it, or something like that. Either way, um, but like, if you really think about it, the, oh, that's true. Okay, now that it's I still think, is now a character. That I'm he's just about really it, angry. Yeah, some angry ass dude. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So the movies kind of already exist in their own little universe. So mm-hmm. if they did make a PG thirteen version of it, maybe all the things that Deadpool's doing from everybody else's perspective looks he just looks a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Whereas when he's doing it from his perspective, he's going all out and then all these things happen and all this special effects and it's all because <laughs> that's what's happening in his brain. Right. Like he's imagining himself doing <laughs> stuff in slow motion, but in all actuality, in reality, just, it's just some it's little, all, all just, and he's done. It's some little cat walking in front of him. Yeah. But in his reality, it's like this it's like giant tiger. Yeah. And he's like, oh gosh. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that, that, they can have fun with that. That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Um, it, it probably cost them a crap ton of money to be able to like hire a different actor for every time you switch to Deadpool's perspective in a movie or whatever. <laughs> um, and that would actually. Well, I, I don't know. I Captain think Captain America would be pretty funny, but it would be pretty funny. Um, I think I think movies like that. I mean, that one that one already had so many cameos. Um, it did. Actually, Matt. I think Matt Damon. He was in that one. He was in that. Yeah, he was like. <laughs> he was like the the trucker dude talking about farts or craps or I don't know. And it was just some obscure in scene. Oh, it was the first scene that Cable came into because I think they wanted to make it kind of like Terminator where Terminator comes from the future and like goes and gets his leather jacket and everything. Because he did. He took... He took uh he did. Yeah. So that was Matt Damon. And then uh, the invisible guy, that was Brad Pitt. They just showed him for a second when he's getting electrocuted. You saw Brad Pitt's face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember that. I remember so, that. I mean, I think people, I think actors like the idea of joining these movies just because they think it's funny. Yeah. So, I don't think they'd have any trouble getting people to say, okay, yeah, I'll go do that. That seems ridiculous. I'd love it. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't, man. Are you now, seeing all I the cameos? Like I, yeah, I'm, I, I want to go back and watch Deadpool 2 again just to find the cameos. <laughs> I remember seeing the Brad Pitt thing, and my dad and I looked at each other and were like, some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, oh, man. Yeah, I don't want to give away any of the movie because that movie's a really good movie. The um, second one? Yeah. Did it, you like the first one or the second one better? I can't say that either of them was better than the other. I would just say that you can tell the second one got a bigger budget. Yes. I, I, uh, I thought the First one was funnier, and I thought the second one was a cooler movie. I think what happened... Like, Domino was way cooler than you Oof. could imagine Oof. in your head. So cool. Oof. Actually, I first right, saw down. that actress on... I know, right? I saw that actress on Atlanta, and I was like, oh, she's... Oh, I didn't know. She, okay, I didn't she, know she's, she's in that. I still haven't seen Atlanta yet. She's one of the main characters in that, and she's, she's pretty good. Um but it's funny the role is completely different than what she plays in the movie. So yeah, she's, I, she's a pretty good actress. Um, yeah, I love it when actors or actresses like they choose roles that are so completely different, polar opposite. I love mm-hmm. that. I also like that the fact that they cast it as the way they did because um, I, th- I think there was initially complaints that you know of course Domino is pasty white in the comic books and they were like oh i guess it like in the comics it just looks like she it looks like she has face paint on yeah yeah so but i think that's just never i mean it's just i think i think it's just like um 
pretty Nightcrawler sure. and Mystique type thing. I'm pretty sure somebody will probably be able to to tell me who. Uh, I mean, if I did more research into it, that maybe like the person that she initially was or whatever before she got her powers probably was white, but who knows? Whatever. I I don't remember. Way, um, I didn't follow X Force. Huh? Either way, nobody cared. When they saw yeah. the movie, they were like, "Okay, I like this character. She's lucky as hell. I love it. Keep on going." <laughs> yeah. um, I think and one see, of the things and that, and and that swagger that she had was it was it was great. It was great. So I think one of the things that we were talking about budget budget a, a little bit ago, um, but I think one of the things that made it to where the budget didn't seem like, oh, we're just gonna pour a fuck ton of money into this movie, mm-hmm. is because the first one used a lot of practical effects. Mm-hmm. It made it maximized this budget in that it wanted to make sure that everything looked good, but at the same time didn't cost them a lot of money. Yeah. And then in the second one, it was just like, oh, we got more money. That means we can do more practical effects. Like that whole prison scene, it was a complete set. It wasn't cg or whatever and so they were able to shoot things and they were able to shoot different angles and they were able to do different effects that would otherwise not look so good in cg because you can tell the difference and so so ryan reynolds actually after the first movie said you know what we can't do we can't do a second movie with some unrealistic some ridiculous budget right he didn't want to have that and i i like that yeah well effectively for him it's like so I don't want us to feel like we're doing a movie with an unrealistic budget, but if Fox is willing to give us the money to do it, let's we'll do some cool things s- with it. Yeah, yeah. Let's expand the scope of this, the 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 practical effects that we've used with the first one, and even then, of course, you know, you had the CG um, Josh Brolin's arm. I mean, we can't mm-hmm. make a mechanical arm; it just doesn't work like that. Also, Josh Brolin's probably not going to cut off his arm to to play a role in a comic book movie. Um, mm. <laughs> so sad no i've seen better dedication from actors come on i know right um but no i really do i really do like the practical effects and if you really look at the mcu movies that use a lot of the practical effects you can definitely tell which ones had had a big budget that they spent on practical effects i.e civil war pretty much every russo brothers movie which was uh, the pretty much the captain america movies right mm-hmm. and yeah and civil war uh, i don't know if they did I, I don't think they did first avenger i think that was someone else they did Civil War and Winter Soldier. First Avenger is really underrated, and that's a really good movie. It, it is. Under, it was. It was good. I think just Captain America. Uh, Chris Evans is Captain America. He is a great character. Um, did you? So I think you knew this, but you know the directors for Civil War, Winter Soldier, yada yada yada. They did. They were directors for Community, right? Like they did. Yes. They did. Okay. Yeah. They, did, they like, actually the paint did like balls. the paintball episodes. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember reading that, and I was like. That makes a lot of sense because those paintball episodes, a lot of practical effects as well. <laughs> yeah. And the community just in general was just elevated by those because se- they were usually season enders. They, it was like mm-hmm. it was like a, a well, nice I think they were of- like kind of like Game of Thrones were like the most epic, epic episodes, like the one before the finale. Yeah. So. But they, yeah, but the, they weren't. Yeah. You can tell their work. You can tell their work. They, 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 they oh man, man. I could talk so much about the practical effects in the, in Winter Soldier and how, of course, they had to use CG for like the helitrop or the the helipad thingy. You, you know. The, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of crazy. I, you know, like we have all these subjects for the podcast, and I, and I never even thought about breaking down all the Marvel movies, which I would okay, I would love to do that for a podcast someday. That would be great. We'll get there. Okay. So anyway, for uh for now, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick little break. Okay. Dope.
Well, this is episode seven. Mm-hmm. I think we did an intro earlier saying it's episode seven, but realizing that all that content probably fits better on episode six. Because episode seven is officially about Star Wars. And pretty much only about Star Wars. It's de- it's called The Podcast Awakens. Wow. <laughs> or maybe The Last Podcast. Ooh, that that would suck if it was the last podcast. A new podcast? Sure. Return of the podcast. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> the podcast strikes back? The podcast cloning wars? Podcast. The clone wars? <laughs> Sure. Why not? Um, Revenge of the podcast. Podcast one. The podcast minutes. Solo cast. I think we got through them all. Solo cast sounds dirty for some reason. I mean, it does sound like maybe a, a kind of a, a voyeuristic profession. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is, uh, uh, yeah, this is going to be a lot about, uh, about Star Wars. And I think this is where I insert like a special effect. goes, I have a bad feeling about this. I don't feel so good. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what I mean? Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. I see what you did there. That was good. And now I ruined it because (laughs) I said something about it. (laughs) <laughs> oh man dang it stupid segues they're so good but i i just can't i can't leave them alone, I can't leave them alone. <laughs> it's okay it's okay oh, let's get into the star wars though let's go so as far as star wars goes um mm-hmm. i know that you like star wars i know you're, I not, you're like a diehard fan um yes. i would say i i love star wars but i'm not a diehard fan mm-hmm. um but I realized that Star Wars is just, it's very um, tied to nerdism. Yes. So. It's also a very heavy point of contention for a lot of nerds. But yeah. Especially Star Wars nerds. How do you mean? How so? I mean, recent movies. Oh, okay. Like the way people think that the canon should be. And then like the stories of all of their favorite characters never play out the way they want them to. Therefore, Mm -hmm. it's wrong. (laughs) Um, okay, so <laughs> well, we'll get into that. Um, so for the original Star Wars movies, I, I'm curious which one was your favorite? The original trilogy? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd probably have to go with the first one. Um, really? With uh, mm-hmm. is it A New Hope? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go with A New Hope mainly because I'm a big fan of the beginnings of things. I don't really like the endings of things. I'm actually, it's hmm. funny because it leads to the way I play video games. Cause sometimes I'll, man, I'll like zoom through the beginning, the middle of the, of this, of the game and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the moment I know I can feel the end approaching, I stop playing a game. And sometimes it'll be like a week, maybe sometimes even a month before I finish the game because I don't like, I don't want things to end. And sometimes those endings might be really satisfying, but the ending of the trilogy did feel like he didn't want to do it anymore. And I think that's probably why it's not my favorite one. Oh, for Return of the Jedi? Yeah. See, that's funny. Because my favorite one was always Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But it might solely be because... Well, first of all, I, I watched that movie before I watched Friday, every time I cleaned my room. Okay. It was definitely Return of the Jedi was the movie I watched more than any other movie. Um, but it might just be because when I watched it, I was a kid. 
and I love the Ewoks. You're one of the few. I do actually. <laughs> it's funny because I mean that is the Ewoks are a point of contention among fans of Star Wars. Like, why did you put this crap in there? And then it's funny because the Last Jedi, another point of contention, is putting the little porgy things in there. Um, because a lot of people are like, no, of course you just put that in there to merchandise, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, but when I was a kid, I wasn't thinking about stuff like merchandise and everything as a kid. It might've, it was fun. And I think for me, for star Wars, because I didn't watch them, uh, when I was super young, Mm -hmm. I actually got into them after the fact, my parents happened to have like a VHS collection. So I watched them then. And I think the first one was good to me because it introduced like this epic universe. And of course the other ones build upon that. You know, a galaxy really they don't really go universe wide or anything like that but um like they introduced the galaxy and then the next one they built upon the galaxy but then they really didn't even expand it they just kind of built on the characters motivate motivations and kind of went a little bit more in depth and as to uh um what what this real what this rebellion was really about and um and what the motivations were of some of the bigger characters um and pretty much how they existed in this world um but but they didn't really it was still mostly about the characters like that whole mm-hmm. original series is is mostly just focused on those characters it is the skywalker trilogy for sure yeah it just it just happens to they just be happen to be present during a rebellion instead mm-hmm. of like the rebellion being such a big part of the story the rebellion was a catalyst for luke to become the jedi that he became right right but it, so that's see that's probably why i, I loved it cuz i story or character driven stories is yeah it's the best yeah it's the best but i mean i guess establishing the characters for me was like wow that's actually there was a really good baseline for how mm-hmm. for how things were 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 established mind you i mean of course i'm not really like the biggest fan of uh of obi-wan's death in that in that movie like and how they did it but then when i started to read more about uh the the my the, the thought process the thought process going into it and then Kind of like as George Lucas was able to flesh out his complete vision in the newer movies and and even like the prequel movies, he kind of it's like this weird like retroactive um, explanation of 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 his older movies. You know what I mean? Like it was like okay, so I I did write a story that had the first three episodes, and these are four, five, and six. That being said, I might have changed these a little bit, but. I need them to be able to fully explain the events of four, five, six. So I need to go in depth. I need to uh, create these characters to a point, giving them motivations that aren't shallow. I need their motivations to be able to span six movies. You know, but mm-hmm. did he? That's the thing. Like you know, if you I... look past all the, if you look past the Jar Jar Binks and the and the Hayden Christensen of of the original of the of one, two, and three. Those movies were actually pretty good, and the story behind them was still really good. See, People didn't like them because of the political intrigue and and all of the uh, the the kind of drama behind everything. But if you really think about it, when you when you think about the um, the imperial what the empire, sorry, mm-hmm. when you think about the empire in the new movies, you just think about it as just some some villain. Really, you don't really think about it as how did this come to be how did this one power become as big of a power as it was and then you realize when you watch the original trilogy that this wasn't just a big power this is literally like the machinations of one person who wanted to rule everything and realized that the way to do it was through corrupt politicians 
and so the the so the story itself like it builds it builds so much it builds an even steadier foundation for star wars as a whole in that star wars doesn't exist as a good and evil but more or less a uh they they definitely builds a spectrum of the characters i mean the fact that they had that whole senate scene and like kind of showing that the empire didn't just bring out of nowhere it was because of the evil of I wouldn't say mankind because there's aliens and things like that, but the hum- the, the the evil of people, like and people are going, hmm, that would be pretty cool. Oh yeah, I want to make the money off of this. Like when they were having that meeting on the the lava planet or whatever, right. and effectively trying to uh, uh, persuade and uh, and run these unions and things like that. It was, I mean, shoot, it's like a reflection of the way the U.S. government works and like how little things. Uh, like state and 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 and, and nationwide uh, levels of government and how they they contradict each other at times, but yep. how they they some of them are mutually beneficial in that if you get this, I'll get this, right? Okay, let's go with that. And <laughs> and I think and I think it's funny what that, that happens, right? <laughs> um, but we don't go, we don't need to go too deep into that. I mean, yeah, but Star Wars in general, like I think that the original trilogy, like I said, if you take out the 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 overacting at times but at the same time you can't blame hayden christensen for his acting because there was a director that told him to do that do this and he said okay i guess so maybe he was like oh this is perfect for me whatever 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 but no matter what it comes down to it's still the director still somebody wrote that screenplay and he acted it he didn't improvise improvise those lines he he acted what he was told at so it's not his fault i would just say that there are certain things that may have been uh, more teen dramatized at times. Um, the Jar Jar Binks was not necessarily a mistake, but it was overdone. Um, the the pod racing, man, you would think that seems unnecessary, but that was revolutionary at the time for the graphics. See, I didn't but for I the, had no problem with the pod racing for the establishment um, of the story. I mean, I mean, they did kind of make it a little bit like Speed Racer. With the announcer and everything, but, but it was cool. Yeah, it was fine. It I, was great. I had no problem with this pod. I, I and it helped to establish Anakin not just as like this out of nowhere prodigy child, but it mm-hmm. would it, it kind of established him as you know he's just a kid and suddenly he's discovering that he might have these abilities, but he still doesn't really know he has abilities. He just knows he's smart and. He does these things to to benefit his family, to benefit his mama, right? Does it remind you of God of War at all? A little bit. Ah, uh, we don't want to go into spoilers. A little bit, a little bit. Um, but when I when I when I really think about it, different reactions it. though. Hmm. De- definitely different reactions. Yeah. Um, they built this character, and they didn't build this character out of nowhere, really. I mean, you knew what the end of the trilogy was, and you knew, you just wanted so much to see how we were gonna get there. And the fact that we were starting from a kid and we introduced uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, who was talked about before, and then you introduced Obi-Wan as well, but you introduced Obi-Wan in, in the effectively infant state. Um, like A lot of the characters and a lot of the buildup for that for uh, for Star Wars, need. I don't think it really needed to be done, but when it was done, it felt necessary after the fact. You know what I mean? No. Like, <laughs> well, for for me, it did. I mean, for me, it did because I don't like I don't like empty villains, mm-hmm. and I and I know um, I believe we wanted to try to have kind well, of a really big conversation about that. But okay, so before okay, so before the well, did you see the originals before you saw um, the Clone Wars? 
or not Clone Wars, the prequel, uh, Phantom Menace, or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so you saw those originally. Uh-huh. So, uh, when you, f- so what did you think of Darth Vader? Like, did you I, think at first I thought he was an empty character until, um, was it Empire? I think when he revealed his identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I thought he was an empty character in the first one. The reason why I still like the first one is because it established the hero as a flawed character. It also established um, Han Solo as that that his rogue type character that he that he played in that movie was just really good. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford probably when he plays those kinds of characters that have the feelings for people but can't quite express them mm-hmm. to a point of possibly pushing people away because of that. Yeah. Like there was there was a lot to like the character building in the first one. The thing is for Darth Vader. And I think I had watched a video. I want to say it's uh, a video by Nerdwriter One on YouTube. And he's re- really good um, video uh, essays about uh, certain subjects. And he was talking about how Darth Vader made his impact in the first movie in less than like 19 minutes of screen time. Yes. And in doing so, you got the impact of the character. You didn't feel quite connected to him, but you knew. But you were intimidated. Yes. Right away. He was menacing. Yep. But he had no you, kind of reason for being there. Yep. But and that's you the reason knew, why I didn't like him at first. You knew right away that, well, okay, so within the first 19 minutes, that this character, this villain, everyone in this universe fears him. They know if who he is. If he's coming for you, yes. you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And he was effectively the face of the Empire. Because mm-hmm. even the, 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 the Emperor, n- nobody sees the Emperor. Yeah. Except for him and maybe like uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, maybe. No, he didn't. I don't. I don't think anybody saw the Emperor except for Darth Vader and whoever his, like his guards or whatever. But that's about all. Yep, pretty much. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's people you know like janitors and stuff. Yeah, but even then, I think it's crazy because I didn't custodians, think custodians. Of- dang it, they're not called janitors, right? Custodians. Um. Well, I think it's funny because um. The like I said before, the prequels created a necessity after the fact. The create the prequels created a necessity for their existence by existing. That being said, I didn't. <laughs> You're rea- have to feed me on yeah, that one. Th- I didn't realize that I wanted to know where the emperor came from. I didn't realize I wanted to know all of the motivations for Anakin's getting to where okay. he's getting. So, okay. And then, so I mean, the so fact you didn't that- realize it until you saw it, though. Yes, so, that's what I'm saying. So eventually, so so in reality, like if you just had that four, five, and six, you saw those movies. Oh, that was I, enough. I would have thought they were great, but, but I then, felt like but they, afterwards, they were made is it more better so? by the pre- the prequel. Okay, because now you understand so that the emperor that isn't just an empty villain that just wants to rule the universe. He just he's there, but he had yeah, he is an empty villain. But now he actually has so much influence on these people and in doing so you you develop more of a diabolical character and not just necessarily a black and white evil character and that's what the emperor was in four five and six he didn't really have anything but saying you're my apprentice that's all do evil that's what i do you know and then in the prequel you kind of what do you want now (laughs) uh well talking to a dog so there is okay so but the original trilogy had it was a simple concept. Mm-hmm. There is, <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna be t- like talking about Kingdom Hearts. There's light, there's dark, there's this balance, and there are always. So, it's just the Emperor is the leader of the dark side, and whenever there's all this evil in the dark side, 
there's always something to bring right. balance. There's always so, a balance, yes. But by doing that, like, it feels like there's not a, you don't need a reason. And that's why that, like, for the longest time, everyone loved this trilogy. Right. You Like I said, you didn't recognize that the prequels were a necessity until the prequels came out. And a lot of people don't like how the prequels were put together, yes. But they still establish motivations for characters. They established histories for mm-hmm. characters that were not otherwise established. Right. Back, and I feel like... In the original trilogy. Right. right. And I think that there is a... It's also a sign of the times that people want more depth to their characters. But but did they, though? Because, I mean... One people second. Sorry. We're going to have to take a really quick break because this dog is getting on my nerves. And <laughs> we will resume on um, the necessity of character and villain motivations in Star Wars. <laughs> So, okay, we're back. The dog is currently occupying himself outside. And until he starts barking, um, I guess we can uh, continue this conversation. So, um, as far as storytelling goes, um, like, like there's a lot of stuff that me and Will will agree on. But there's definitely a big, big concepts that we kind of have different, that we disagree on. So, I'm very much the type that I want to... I follow the rule, the kiss rule, you know, keep it simple, keep it simple. But, and Will really likes, he likes, he's very devil in the details. And so, you know, we, we've talked about before that, you know, part of our goal is to make a game. And so that's actually one of the reasons that, well, at least the why I feel that we work well together because we just have these different spectrums and we try to meet in the middle with that. So, um, but I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> um, you know, let me just let me just put like a little little book in on the on the Star Wars thing. I mean, I don't. I feel like there's definitely a lot of there's always. Oh, a I lot have of, more. So we're gonna put like a little divider in between a couple of series of books. Okay, cool, cool. Let's <laughs> do that. Um, I mean, for for me, like I said, I, I'm always I'm a big advocate of the fact that um, that I think the prequels are a necessity. But that's that. Like I said earlier, they're definitely a necessity after the fact. That being said, you also mentioned that I'm a devil in the details kind of person. And once I got the details, I felt like the details were good. Yeah. Um, I do feel like the vehicle for said details may not have been the best, but the details were there nonetheless. So I, I, I definitely didn't dislike the the new old Star Wars. Um, the, orig- the episodes one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember watching episode one and thinking it was okay. And then I got to the the end part where they fought Darth Maul, and I was like, "Yes, Freaking this is so awesome!" Beautiful. Yep, there was something to be said about when they closed off the the little laser gates, and he just sat down. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he just chilled. Yes. Do you know, like, in terms of like cinematic history, that I feel like that one set, I think it set a precedence for like, for me looking at movies. I mean, there there's other movies that have also done it, but. That was definitely one of those movies that set that set that bar that you know what there can be silence there can the the camera work involved in a scene that literally somebody's sitting on the ground just waiting mm-hmm. but the amount of feelings and the amount of tension that was built by that little, just that little part in in the middle of a very epic fighting scene like uh, it was okay. already going crazy and then they just 
So okay, let's it's chill funny. for a second. Okay, so going to another series. So my actual, it's funny they're talking about someone just sitting and how powerful it that scene is. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene in, um, I think it, I think it's Return of the yeah Return of the King, or it might be Two Towers, one of the movies. We'll just go with that. Uh, it's just it's just Gandalf, just sitting down, holding his his staff. Mm-hmm. And like he's he's contemplating. He's just there's about to be a big battle. Mm-hmm. He's preparing his mind. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! So, okay, I so love that scene. So there's something also to be said about actors that can betray, um, yeah. portray yes. all those emotions. So you knew you felt his contemplation. You kn- mm-hmm. you could see the ang- you could see the you could see the furrowed brow that implied um, stress or maybe imp- implied like a deep thought. Mm-hmm. And then there's like little things like that, just like little tiny like ticks and things like that, that a lot of these actors have already, I mean, obviously they're good actors for that reason, right? Because they don't have to say everything that they feel. They don't have to um, openly express everything that they feel and that the human brain, because of the way we work on patterns is able to pick up little ticks like that. Sometimes somebody might smirk or something like that. And you'll see just like a little smile on one side. And maybe that actually wasn't part of the script. And maybe the script said he should say something sly, but he just looked at the person or he or she just looked at the person. They did the little smirk and you got all of that information from that smirk yep. ever so, ever so easily. And that's what, there's so many movies that um, say, for instance, the Joker clapping scene in dark Knight returns, uh, or returns or the dark Knight. sorry, dark the dark Knight, And then he just starts, he does a slow clap that was improv improvised, but my pesh. <laughs> anyways. So, <laughs> so like he, uh, like he set that precedent for like, just kind of you you, you, you infuse emotion into actions that would not otherwise feel those. So you felt the tension because he started clapping. Cause you're like, he shouldn't be clapping. But at the same time, you could tell that, like the Joker and Batman have this weird tension to relationship that his congratulations was effectively uh, uh, true, but at the same time saying, "Yeah, well, wait for the next one because <laughs> I've I, I've got I've got another plan, you know, or I've got a next step to this plan." And like again, all of that's read from a slow clap, and, you know. And it, I think yeah, things like that are great. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff. Directors who who can put that together, or even screenplay writers who can integrate those kinds of things into into a into a into a movie or a TV show. Those that, that yeah, yeah, those are the real MVPs. So, <laughs> circling back, <laughs> yeah. uh, circling back to like the the Clone Wars. So, it's it's interesting because you know maybe, maybe there is different things for different people in the. Episodes one, two, and three, because mm-hmm. you you took this, you took you found these motivations for these villains. You you found this political world fascinating, mm-hmm. but for me, like the stuff I remember and took out of it, I'm you know like the the Darth Maul scene, mm-hmm. and I remember, I remember from the last um, or from the Clone Wars. Uh, honestly, all I really remember is the very end battle, <laughs> just all the lightsaber crazy lightsaber stuff. And, uh, and I remember, what is it? The re- not return of the Seth. I don't know what, whatever the heck the third one's called. Um, I remember watching that movie Revenge and thinking, yeah, revenge of the Sith. I remember thinking the first half of the movie was really just, yeah, whatever, you know, it's kind of the first half of the dull. movie was the, was the, um, uh, was the love story, right? Yeah. I don't know 
Oh yeah, no, Clone Clone Wars is a love story, and then I'm pretty sure there's already like they're they're already in a relationship in Revenge of the Sith. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was an expansion of said love story because because right. Clone Wars only established that this there was a forbidden romance that he was not necessarily just forbidden because she would shouldn't be with him but also he shouldn't be with her right and so them having to hide it and all of that stuff but then the second one and obi-wan's kind of keeping a secret for them right effectively yeah but i don't think it's like at first it's not blatantly i have to keep this secret for you but then at the same time he's like crap now i have to keep this secret for you you know yep well i remember i remember well because he's got that you know he's got that promise to quite quite gone yeah quite gone and he's holding loyal to his master, you know, being loyal to his master. Mm-hmm. But um, so for me, like, like they were all okay. Mm-hmm. But then the second half of Revenge of the Sith, I remember being thinking that that was some of the, I was like, that was just as good, if not better, than anything from the original trilogy. Um, Obi-Wan's internal conflict with what he has to do to his friend, you know? I mean, do, okay, so when I say that the necessity for those original movies um, came after they came out. Um, there is one thing that they truly established and they hammered it in, in the whole trilogy was that the, 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 the emotional and like uh, investment to a partner. The reason why like, okay, so they hammered it in from the beginning when, when Anakin first met um, Padme, right? Mm-hmm. That, like even as a kid, you could tell he had some kind of connection, and then as he got older, they bo- obviously they both got older, and they established this relationship. Then, at, like as their, but it's kind of weird though, because it's like it's almost like a motherly son sister daughter connection. The, well, it the feels thing is, like... I think Natalie Portman at the time might have been a little too old for the age that she was actually portraying, because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure what they wanted to establish is that, like, Anakin was relatively around the same age as her. It's just she looks a little bit older, and that she was a lot taller than oh, her. I thought she was, like... I thought she was supposed to be, like, 18 to 20, and... Oh, uh, no, 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 because she's, like, she's like a young ruler in... At, 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 what do you call no. it? Um, but I can look that up. Um, one of the things that I was looking at or that I, that I looked at is that like, uh, as the rules were established in the movies, like they didn't really talk, they don't talk about too much how Jedis aren't supposed to have significant others. Right. Mm-hmm. But as the movie show, <laughs> as Anakin developed his relationship with a significant other, that's when the rules became more and more prominent. And they constantly were talking about emotional attachments and they were constantly talking about making choices based on emotion. But then, and then they just, sorry, as, um, sorry, let me, let me uh, they, what did they, they did this thing where every time Anakin made a bad decision based on emotion, they brought in another rule and another reason why said rule exists. And it got to a point where that finale in the revenge of the Sith was a culmination of everything he said would happen wrong. If you did this, I understand you love her. And I understand that, even Obi-Wan had like this weird, uh, not even weird. Like he had this, his, this thought pattern that why, why can't we have emotional connections, you right. know? And 
then he's like getting all of this confirmation as to why because he's seeing the path that is driving Anakin down. And even just in the makeup department, they made sure they gave those bags under Anakin's eyes. They gave him like this. There's all this weight on his shoulders. Yes, there's, know, there's there's all guilt. of this stress and everything. But the stress is associated with being in this relationship that first of all he has to hide second of all he knows that it's forbidden but he continues to do it so like you're constantly like in conflict with your own morals you're Which in conflict with your own thing and it creates brings yeah. up what if they didn't have those rules what if he didn't need to hide that he might have he might have just same been, outcome he, who knows but i think what they were establishing is that your um, your attachment to another being doesn't allows you. It, it gives you motivation to do the to do good things, but it also gives you reserve for the extent at which you will go to do said good things. It 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 gives you a tier of importance. Yes. You know, uh, Padme number one rest of the galaxy number two you know and i i understand that they're, i mean i guess they're you know they're basically the knights of well yeah they're the knights of the galaxy so right. um they're the, the quote-unquote pure knights of the galaxy mm-hmm. um because i mean they try to make it established that like the jedi are some kind of like monk order of right. of, of, uh, of of moral positivity and that the things that they do are never in their own favor but in the favor of the people of the universe of, of the favor, favor of this galaxy to ensure that everything proceeds in a way that would be most humane. Um, and, uh, yeah, real quick, Anakin was nine and Padme was 14. What? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is in the original movie. So she did not look 14. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like the casting, she might've been a little too old for at that time. Yeah. Maybe they oh. should have just uh, cast someone else like Anakin and, Oh, they're older now. Yeah. But I think also this has to do with continuity. So they probably wanted to make sure that the ages were correct. And cause in, uh, let's see, attack of clones, he was 19 and she was 24. So they, I'm pretty sure they wanted to keep oh, it. As such. Never, he's only 19. Yeah. Also Ooh. it's still Lynn's, I mean, just the age factor, mm-hmm. him being younger and him still kind of being in his emotions and being in the infancy of his emotions and his understanding of those emotions did not bode well for having uh, an, an external conflict that had to do with regulating said emotions because he couldn't, you know? And most of the Jedis, when they're trained, they're trained in infancy. They're trained from being really young to being really old. And they are relegated to a um, to a society that's built around them being these moral pillars, and so they're not like raised in like in the ghetto, or they're not raised in in corrupt society. They're raised in these temples. They're they're raised in these areas where there is no outside influence. It's always just you're being raised as a, a, a Jedi and, and Anakin's the one, one of the few that's raised in the society yep. that is able to corrupt him or to, to give him pause on the rules that he was told to abide by. But it's almost like, okay, so you know how much I like the, uh, even though I can never think of it, the analogy of the cave, the, the, what is it called? Allegory. Allegory of the cave where, you know, you have these people being raised in these temples and not seeing really the outside world. And then they get outside into the outside world and 
wow, I've been I've been trained for all this stuff, and oh my gosh, look at all this bad stuff I have to deal with. This is what I've been training for. Exactly. So, but but then they're okay. <laughs> you know, you yeah. almost it's almost like Anakin should be better prepared for this outside world than anyone else should be. But the problem is, is that the Jedi teachings are based in raising a child from Mm -hmm. infancy to be a certain way. Child soldiers. Effectively. But when they're raised, they're raised into adulthood to be that the, effectively they're raised past the point of malleability. They're taking these these children away from their parents. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I mean, maybe the Jedi order is the bad guys after all. But you know what? That's one of the big things that's proposed to Anakin by Palpatine mm-hmm. in the original trilogy. Again, yeah, you're right. explanations you're right. that yep. you don't think were necessary. They, uh, you know, okay. He so. establishes himself as a father figure, first of all. He estab- uh, Palpatine does. Mm-hmm. He, he pretty much tells Anakin everything you're doing is right. Why, do you th- why would they forbid you from loving somebody? That seems perfectly fine. Everybody wants to love somebody. But what, he d- what he's not telling him and what he's noticing... What you know, Palpatine's- by your tone, it feels like you're trying to manipulate someone. It, wh- <laughs> a what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like he, he's establishing that. And at the same time, you're establishing that Palpatine is somebody who truly believes that... Damn it, he's, he's manipulated me. I agree with it, Palpatine all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even then, Which, a I lot guess of that things makes that a Palpatine villain. said weren't bad. Yeah. They were just, they were bad to a person who was not emotionally stable enough mm-hmm. or didn't have e- enough an emotional foundation to be able to make proper decisions based on that knowledge. And so for him, his, 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 his emotional state and his did, emotional maturity didn't allow him to say, I should be able to love somebody, but... Does me loving somebody interfere with my ability to make the decisions that I need to make as part of the Jedi Order and as part of a, um, as part of the moral compass of the galaxy? So, okay. So I don't remember in Phantom Menace. Is there any moments where Anakin's like he has anger issues at all? No, but they did establish that Anakin has no father figure, and yeah. that in doing so, he might be. Um, I mean, I guess suppose that says a lot. Lesser established. Yes. He might be lesser established as a quote unquote. Uh, but I wouldn't then say Obi-Wan being, becomes his prepared. father figure. Yes. Obi-Wan does become his father figure. Um, but but in, is that really a substitute for yes. an actual father? But in doing so, Obi-Wan is also having his own conflict because mm-hmm. now he has a. He, not only does he have like a Padawan to follow him, yep. but he has a responsibility. S- a responsibility for this child. That he didn't give birth to, but he feels and attached he reluctantly to. took. Yeah, and he feels attached to this kid, mm-hmm. which is like the whole thing that they shouldn't be doing. They shouldn't have an attachment to people because the attachments create conflict in the the thoughts that they have about the decisions that they have to make. Well, that's why I thought the whole those scenes in uh, Revenge of the Sith were so amazing. The end scenes. Yes, he had to like yeah. his own Padawan. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, his own so son in a way, effectively, yes. Yeah. And he, so I have to chop you down, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, I taught you, man. You know that I have the higher ground. Don't, don't. Uh, okay, chop. And then, like, I mean, those final scenes, like, they were they were shot way too perfectly. That's mm-hmm. just having yep. like having him like on that rock, just like just burning, and you could not only. 
Is it just his oh, body and then burning? Then I forgot about the. Oh god. And then his, but his soul is burning, and he's pretty much saying the whole time he's there, "I hate you, I hate you, I hate you." Yeah. And then you can definitely, you can tell, like his, he 19. finally passed. Yeah. God damn. And teenagers. he finally passed over to to what would be considered the dark side, and then parallel. And then you the have worst his wife. scene in all the yeah. movies. Then you, you have, know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, when he got up and goes, Aah! no, that uh, is actually homage to uh, um, Frankenstein. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, that's he's dumb. a monster that was created that didn't want to be cool. Dumb homage. <laughs> Sorry. It was, you know, a lot of people said that, but that's because you don't understand it. You don't, you don't look at I understand it now. And I still think it's a dumb homage. That's fine. I, I thought it was um, a little bit much. but It's a little much. But I do feel like it established that not only does Anakin or Darth Vader hate pretty much everything, but he hates himself. And so being alive still like actually feels fuels his hatred towards all of these things. Because if you really look at it, he pretty much planned to die on that planet because he knew that if he attacked, he was going to get himself killed. And then he didn't die. And now he's brought, he like, he's brought back and he's brought back as this, this machination of some of like all of his hatred. And like, so pretty much now he hates himself along with hating everything else that was because of, yeah. And then, you know, then thinking that he lost his, both his kids, like on top of all that. So he already like, he and then he thinks it's everybody else's fault for that. So there's like, like he's built this whole wellspring of of hatred based playing on playing the victim, effectively, but playing the victim in that he <laughs> with a lack of knowledge, yeah, for things going forward. But like he was thinking that it was Obi Wan's, it was Obi Wan's fault that he turned out the way that he did. So, ugh. I'm just being saying. a parent's hard. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> this, is, this is it. No, no. Um, you know, one of the funny things is though, is that you have Obi-Wan Kenobi beat Anakin. Mm-hmm. So you would think Obi-Wan could still beat Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. So why did Obi-Wan go into hiding? Why did Yoda go into hiding? Because they're kind of badass. Well, I believe that they... Oh, oh, cramped. Um, You're old. (laughs) I know. Um, I believe that what they established for, like, the reason that the two went into hiding is because of there was, like, the mass um, genocide of Jedis. So, first of all, there's that. And they're being hunted. Right. And not only... But they're always being hunted. Right. And not... But not only were they fighting against... Like Darth Vader, which is, uh, or Anakin, who's a, a extremely strong Jedi, who they believe to be the quote unquote chosen one, but they're also fighting against a galaxy wide um, empire of of just soldiers. And yeah, you see in certain episodes where like Yoda's like deflecting like, you know, a crap ton of like laser pistol shots and whatnot, and he's like, pew, 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 right? And it's all fine and dandy. But imagine there's thousands of those people. He's not going to be able to deflect all of those. So effectively... It's true. He at, said at the end, he said, I'm tired. There we go. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think really what it comes down to is that even though he was really strong and he probably could have gone 
to fight. He could have fought Darth Vader and beaten him initially, maybe. Maybe before he became stronger. But in order to get to Darth Vader, you have to go through the Empire, which had been, which effectively was established. Also, I don't think Obi-Wan effectively or knew immediately that Obi or that Anakin would survive that. Yeah, no, that's fair. But when I mean, he does find out, well, why, you know what? He... We don't know what the hell he did. Right. We just know he's I'm on pretty sure they'll Tatooine. Do, uh, and in between uh, movie to establish all that. Yeah, but they slowed everything down. You know, we don't we don't know what the show's gonna be about though. Yeah. That would be pretty crazy if wait, it's not Jude Jude Law, who is it? Jude Law. No. That's Played Obi Wan. No. Not Jude Law. It's um Ewan, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. I mean, Sorry, my bad. for all I know, they're about the same. Well, they said he's. They asked him if if, if he has plans to be in a movie, and they're like, "Oh, they haven't come to me about a movie." Yeah. <laughs> but he never said. But they came to me about a show. Hey, hey. I really don't know. I'd have to look it up. I I just he, know that it might just mean that he's doing voice acting on like Star Wars Rebels. Or yeah. Something. Uh, I d- I know that. Yeah, I didn't watch Star Wars Rebels, so maybe that fills in some That's gaps. Good. That's really good. Oh, you've, you've been watching it. So when does it take I, place? I actually watched it. Um, I watched it a while ago. Um, but I watched the original season. Um, like maybe two seasons, first two or three seasons. And then I but think it went the, off the air. What's the time for, era? Um, well, Darth Vader exists in this time era. So I okay. believe it is after the prequels, before 4, 5, and 6. So is Obi-Wan in it at all? I can't remember, but it doesn't take place. I know it has. It doesn't follow the Skywalkers, though. I know it has. Or it doesn't follow like it has Leia in it. But it also has. I know it has. But it has um, her as a rebel leader. Yeah. It has. Uh, I believe Anakin's Padawan in it. Uh, K- uh, Katar. No. Akura. Nope. Hisoka. Hisoka. Yeah, yeah. Hisoka Tano, I think, or something like that. Anyways, um, yeah, it has her. And then, like I said, they fight. There, there was a. There's a couple of fights with Darth Vader in them. And I, um, I feel like I'm mixing up just that one and Clone Wars, but yeah. I'm pretty. Sh- I've watched some Clone Wars. Clone Wars is actually really great. Really I thought okay. yeah. so Rebels is good too, but it takes place from the perspective of a rebel group. Um, but one I remember seeing like one of the, the members computer... is like a Jedi or not a Jedi, but he has the ability to use the, the Force. force. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's kind of coming to terms with that too. But um, I feel like I should watch more of it before I talk more about yeah. where, where it takes place. No, no. Well, know. it's funny because now I'm actually really interested because I, I, I think I, it's on Netflix. Damn it! Damn it! Now it's just like you wanting to know more about <laughs> the motivations of the villains. Now I'm like, all right. Well, I want to know what happens in between. Mm-hmm. So, um, so moving on past, you know, the old series into the the new the the Disney Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Last um, Jedi and Force Awakens, and Rogue One Solo. And Rogue One Solo. Well, we'll just start with Solo because that's that's the one that everyone seems to have issues with. Actually, let's let's go ahead and take a break. Okay. And we're back. I took a little tea break. You know what I'm saying? Got a little chai tea with the with the creamer and the cinnamon and the nutmeg and a little bit of sugar or something. Anyways. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, David. All right. So, so we're <laughs> we're going into the, the, as we said before the break, we're going to the new Star Wars movies. And mm-hmm. uh, so we'll start with the most. Um, controversial? Con- yeah, sure. Controversial. Just. 
not popular. I don't know. Uh, so we're going to go with the new Solo movie. Oh, not controversial. Just not popular. Yeah, it just wasn't popular. Um, well, you know, for obvious reasons, people were like, why, why are we making it, first of all? We don't need this. Um, it really doesn't add anything to Han Solo at all. Um, only, only that his name is no longer his name, but his position? Yeah, <laughs> No, it's that he's riding Solo. Wow. Okay, so yeah. But actually, it's funny because people There's were making fun song. of it. Yeah. They were making fun of the the title of the movie, and mm-hmm. turns out that riding solo thing mm-hmm. <laughs> turns out to be an actual plot point of the movie. Yep. So, um, for people that are, well, whatever. First, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, first of all, Solo was probably the one thing that told Disney we can no longer print money on all of uh, or for all of these franchises that we bought. We actually know. have to think about them. We'll get into that. No, I'm saying, I, I feel like it's one of the first movies that have truly, like, tech, I mean, in Disney terms, has flopped. Last Jedi Anger, six months later, solo releases. True. We'll, we'll get into that. But, I mean, okay, okay, think about this. As a standalone, mm-hmm. solo effectively flopped. Mm-hmm. As a standalone, Rogue One did good. As a standalone, uh, Force Awakens did great. And as a standalone, Jedi, Last Jedi actually did great in the theaters. So for them, they kept on thinking, oh, we can do no so bad. So did it do great by critical tri- trilogy standards? So so I, I'm just going to pull numbers out of my ass. but Okay, that's cool. I, I don't um, know how you do it. <laughs> from from the last time I looked, um, we'll do, it was like Force Awakens did like 1.7 billion. And, okay. And then The Last Jedi did about like 1.2 billion. Okay. Which is realistically a substantial. I mean, obviously, it's a crap ton of money, mm-hmm. but that's a substantial drop off. Yes. So anyway, we'll 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 get back to that. But um, so okay, I'm curious to hear how what you thought of the solo movie. I thought the solo movie was first of all entertaining. Um, yes. I also thought that the performances by several of the actors and actresses was 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 on point. I did feel. Um, like you had said earlier, that it was an it was an unnecessary film. Mm-hmm. There was there was nothing to be gained by the revelations in the story. There was nothing to be gained by the deaths in those stories. Yeah. There is um Was there death? Okay, yeah, yeah. And then like the the establishment of Han Solo and uh and Chewbacca's relationship was uh you know, it was kinda cool. But at the same time it did feel pasted on. It didn't feel like the movie is very campy. Very, very campy. And I think, it, you know, and part of me thinks that they wanted it to be that way and that they were trying to, like, there's something to be said about the Rogue One movie and Solo and that they were trying, you could tell by the special effects, you could tell by the practical effects, you could tell by the way it was filmed, the filter and, and that it was u- that was used on those films, that they tried to make them feel like the original trilogy of movies and that they were trying to, give it that feel of kind of like the high tech or no, sorry, low tech, modern high tech kind of thing. So you remember like in the original star Wars, everything kind of looked kind of cardboardy and like just lots of flashing lights and, and very few screens, but even the screens still kind of look like the, that's because it probably really was right. But, <laughs> but you, you see what I'm saying though. So like you have to like emulate those same aesthetics, but then you're going back even further. Cause solo is before those movies, you know, even though it's funny because if you look at the the trilogy one yeah. two three, they they hella high tech shit. Yeah, and then so it's almost that, like they that forgot that that's what they were trying that, to do. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but he's solo and well, uh, I mean, the the Empire took over, so apparently they can't afford to make cool ships anymore, like the completely metallic. Hella cool. I like that ship. <laughs> really? I actually really like that ship a lot. Okay. Um, not really a big fan of like shiny stuff like that, but I just thought it was cool. I thought the, sh- the shape was cool and everything. Um, but yeah, so so if you look at Solo and you look at uh, Rogue One, you can definitely tell they were trying to emulate that same like feeling, which is cool. Um, it's a lot to go for because now you're you're trying to spark feelings uh, uh, of nostalgia from, from, a, from a bygone era. Yeah. Um, where these people are making these movies and the only reason why things look the way they do is out of necessity because they don't have the stuff to make it look otherwise, you know? And so they're like trying to downgrade certain things. So there is, there was a part of it that you can tell where it's like, I want to make this movie as entertaining, but I need to be campy because that's what the old ones kind of were. But then I also need to emulate some of the, the seriousness of the newer movies, but I also need to make sure that this character's personality, you know, comes comes to the forefront of the how this movie's created and I need to make sure like all these little things that that they're trying to do and I don't think what they realized when they decided to undertake this project that they not only were they fighting against time, but they were fighting against several different fan bases to appease. And so in doing so, after like you know, after they started development of their and starting to realize how many people would would like this movie and how many people wouldn't like this movie and how there was like this just this insane Venn diagram of all the people and what they wanted from this movie and they weren't going to be able to satisfy any of them. So then you end up with a movie that shoots in so many different directions that you end up with faithful character uh, development. So you have, you got Lando Calrissian. So you kind of, he was kind of a shallow character in the trilogy in the original trilogy. Anyways, they didn't really give him too much. He was just kind of like this ruffian that made some money off some good deals, gambler, blah, blah, blah. Right. Suave. Yeah. He was swapped, but they didn't really give him. This is much. really funny. Cause so Han Solo is like, like he just puts so much charm into his characters, mm-hmm. but then Lando, his actual character is charming. Mm-hmm. I don't but, know, but he seems like a dick at times. Um, but just selfish, more than very, anything. very much so. And I think it's funny because look, but they have the same character arc. They're both, they're both, were <laughs> you know, re, re, did redeeming mm-hmm. acts, whatever. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But like in so so, what happens is you have these characters. You try to establish indiv- characters and individuals. Now, one of the biggest problems when you're when you're writing a movie or when you're looking at scripts is how many characters do I have to introduce, build up, and is there a conclusion to their story? That being said, there's two huge characters that need to be built up, and that's because they become prominent in the movies that Hans will succeed this Chewy. one. Right. So there's well, technically there's three now because oh, three. Lando Lando became a pretty big character in in Empire, and um, well, he's big. He's really big in uh, Return of the Jedi. He, he he he's the one that took out the Death Star. True, 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 true. Um, I think that. I think they t- they picked the one story that had too many characters that they would have to establish, and in doing so, they'd have to figure out like scenarios for each one of them mm-hmm. to create these um, these characters that everybody remembers. Like, it, I almost feel like they would have had a better a better uh, uh, go of it if they had only decided to do 
say for instance a Chewie leading up until he met Han Solo. The thing, um, mind you, like that would be kind of wait, a hard story. Wait, you to think they should have been a, done a Chewbacca movie. No, 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 not not really. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> okay. I feel like they would have had better luck doing that. But right. the fact that they kind of they wanted to establish Han Solo, but in order to do that, they have to establish Chewbacca. And in order to do, uh, like, in order to like make Han Solo who he is, they also had to fill in all the gaps because they were they were telling about Lando and his mm-hmm. um, past in the in the in the newer or in the in the original trilogy. So there's like all these gaps they have to fill in. And so in order to do so, they had to establish too many characters. They had to establish too many arcs. And what it came down to was that you had these really established characters, but then you had this um, the surrounding around them that just kind of felt like, well, I'm going to throw you in this hollow scenario. And now hopefully, hopefully people get the idea that you're a character now. Um, because, I mean, it really did feel, I think I said it earlier like about the about the return or revenge wow empire strikes back mm-hmm. um that it did feel very swashbuckly and i feel like han solo or the solo movie was i mean you th- <laughs> well, when you think about that you think of uh, like the somebody like swinging along the rope of a of a, of a mast or whatever and then just going haha and with they monkeys? have huh with monkeys no and then having a leather jacket and I mean, yeah, and then having the hat with a big old feather in it, and then having like this big like sword. Uh, We're totally different movies. Talking about Crystal, uh, the Indiana Jones one, the Crystal whatever. Crystal Skull. I got Shia swinging through the vines. Oh no, hell no! <laughs> um, I didn't watch all that movie. Um, I think I stopped after he survived the nuclear explosion in the refrigerator. So, okay, well, uh, we're segue. Anyways, well. Okay. <laughs> just just for your reference. Actually, besides that point, um the first half of that movie is actually pretty good. And and it never it never bothered me for some reason the nuclear explosion thing in the fridge. I thought I thought it was like a weird way to start a movie. It is a weird way, but it didn't it, I don't know. It just and that, that part never bugged me. Anyway, so back to So, okay. How much do you think the budget was well, I'm just going to tell you. So the budget for Force Awakens was 200 <laughs> <laughs> was okay. 258 million. Do you think that movie looked really good? Force Awakens. Uh yes. It looks really good. I thought it looked amazing. Yeah. Um did you think that Solo looked amazing? I think Solo looked clean. I wouldn't say it looked amazing. So So Force Awakens and Solo had the exact same, basically the same budget. It was mm-hmm. so it was two fifty for Solo, and like from my opinion, like it's not like they had to pay those actors a lot because there's no real actual okay. big name. I mean, Donald Glover's starting to get up there, but not, you know, he might have requested a lot because of how uh, essential that role was. Well, irregardless, right. I mean, right. For sure. Um, it it did not like. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to drink the coffee, not inhale it. And this is not coffee it's or tea. tea, whatever. Um, my bad. It, you know, like clean, sure, but it just looks like they wasted so much money on this movie. It did not look that great, in my opinion. It did. It like I said, it looked clean because. I think that when you're trying to emulate an aesthetic 
that consistency is always a problem because so many new techniques are created after or during the game or movie development that you can you can achieve certain like visuals pretty easily now that before had like think about the the production cycle of aliens back in the day and how a lot of that was like dioramas and they filmed and they used the the, the idea of perspective to, to make it seem like they were filming in this giant hallway when indeed they were just filming like in front of these dioramas and then like all of like the, the, the ships are like toys and things like that mm -hmm. and like how they were able to, to, to like push the envelope and still give you that feeling of eeriness and not, not take you out of it with thinking that anything was fake in there. You felt like that whole place was real. You felt like they built a whole ship worth of like these rooms and corridors and things like that for for you to be scared in you know and I, I mean even at the time that was that was a lot but there's no way we'd well, i mean there's a way really but <laughs> we would try we try so hard to emulate those old feelings by trying to emulate those old uh like techniques but because of all the new technology it almost makes it impossible for us to 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 get the same feeling and i think that's the the problem that they ran into maybe they paid a lot of money to make it feel like one of the old ones to make it feel almost cheaper but okay at the same time i'm not i'm not excusing that the with the same budget you're not able to accomplish something on the same grand scale no i, I can see where i see i can see where you're coming you're coming from but if you really think about it the force awakens scale and the and the, the set pieces involved in the force awakens allow for them to do the most with what they had right. whereas in solo because they were traveling from world to scenario to surrounding to like there was so many different places in that and like so many different sets in in solo that it got to a point where i'm pretty sure that more money came into building each individual set and and trying to ensure that certain aesthetic than like where you have force awakens where you have a whole a whole time like a whole time where they're just in the ship you have a whole time where they're on the um they're on the planet with the with the with the rebels and and doing all the fight scenes and getting all the cameos and things like that and they like I feel like they're they were able to hone probably the budget on the Force Awakens into the pieces that needed to be done whereas you have Solo where here's the money and figure out how you can distribute it to everything and I'm pretty sure the way Force Awakens budget was it was more or less take whatever you need to make this movie good. And then they got done and they're like, okay, this is all I, we needed. I don't know. Oh, that's right. I, I did forget the fact that, well, they had the fire, of the original directors. And then they had Ron Howard come in and take over for solo. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, so they might've paid money that they, went yeah, nowhere for all I know. Their budget was like 150 and they're like, this is going to be a crappy movie. And then Ron Howard stepped in and they had to pay him again. Yeah, oh, they yeah that's true. They had to, oh, geez, they probably had to pay him a ton. Fix this movie, please. So, <laughs> but so, the movie, it was all right. It, it wasn't terrible. It doesn't deserve I, hate. I it don't, does deserve criticism, as um, with all forms of media. Things can be made better. There's nothing perfect. Yeah, Emil Hirsch or whatever. I don't remember what the hell his name is. The guy that played Solo, Han Solo. Yes, he was okay. Um, you know, really, when it comes down to it, Harrison Ford is Han Solo. Yep. So being that Harrison Ford has played him in three movies, no matter what, your brain 
even if you didn't know who Harrison Ford or did, you didn't see the original Star Wars movies and you just saw Solo, you know who Harrison Ford is. Mm-hmm. Most people, there's very few people who don't know who Harrison Ford unless you're like a child. But when I, but when I watched and, the movie, like my brain accepted, okay, this is, <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> sorry, I got to adjust the microphone. Will's yelling at me. Yes, you can definitely hear me yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Aggressive hand movements. (laughs) So, I don't really remember what I was saying. Something about I, I, my brain accepted him. Yeah, I mean, it it was, it was fine. It it was no big deal. Uh, Well, I didn't have any problem with him either. I'm just saying this is what the common, like the common reaction to it was. It's like he's not Harrison Ford. He's trying too hard. He, he said Falcon instead of Falcon. Or (laughs) is that a thing? Yes. Oh gosh, yes, it's definitely a thing. And um, the thing is funny. It's funny because a lot of there's people who go back and they like look li- listen to the scene. Oh, he says Falcon. Okay, so why are you complaining? Also, why is that your point of contention? <laughs> there's more important part. There's way worse things in this movie mm-hmm. than that. Um, I didn't think so. For me, I didn't think Donald. I I think Donald Glover is awesome, but. Yeah but I didn't think he was that amazing in it. There were definitely times where I was like, oh, actually his first scene, I was really impressed with. I was like, wow, that that's Lando. And then later on, I was like, okay, it's now it's Donald Glover being Lando. So I think the kind of the magic of that is that the personality that Donald Glover has and that he's put into other roles kind of already felt like a Billy D. Williams. Okay. And I think that in in his initial introduction, I think it was like, hey, let me pay homage to the person who played this character. But at the same time, we know like there's we know that the personality I exude is relatively the same. So we pay homage in my introduction and then we develop as a character. And I think one of the things that uh, about that character is not necessarily that he uh donald glover is like the best actor or that he portrayed it in the best way possible but that dude's he's but, he's smart so but he did I really could totally well see i could totally see him having that thought process yeah but he did really well in the role that he played and it's funny because i think i've read a lot of reviews and listened to some podcasts where they said that pretty much that was his that was the the redeeming point of the movie is that people felt like it was a a, a good not recreation, but a good like I don't know origin for him, mm-hmm. and it felt it felt like that was the one of the few genuine characters that that uh, that felt like they could move that character into the original qu- trilogy, in that the character felt like it it was that you know yeah. it felt like okay. it was Lando. The thing is, a lot of people complain about um, Solo because I I mean I don't even think people really consciously think about it, but it's not Harrison Ford. And uh, when have they ever is his has Harrison Ford ever been played by a younger actor before? Has anybody ever played a young version of a Harrison Ford character? Yes. Who? There used to be a young Indiana Jones TV series, and was that good? Uh, River Phoenix, um, played uh, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade at the very beginning. Oh. And did they ever consider him? River River Phoenix? No, mm-hmm. he's he's he OD'd, unfortunately. Oh shoot! Yeah, I, oh, that's yeah. Joaquin Phoenix's brother. Holy fuck! Um. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um. 
yeah, it's, it's, it, he was he was promising. Um, so well, he really does. Okay, that well, works. Look like his brother. Okay. Well, that and he looks like he could actually play a good a young Eddie Jones. Yeah, I mean, uh, he well, was, no, young Han Solo. Like, I mean, because he just played. It's just a uh, young Harrison Ford. Well, I mean, but I don't know. He's it, too old at this point. At this point, yeah. Or he would have been too old at this point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. <laughs> So I actually wrote down some of the things when I was watching it that I thought were a little ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Chewbacca had superpowers. I don't know if that was weird to you. Like he's just he's hitting people and they're flying in the air as he hits so, them. So I thought that was kind of funny um, because it alluded to a lot of the trilogy movies. Um, in that, like the 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 Wookies were just hella overpowered. Yeah, but. Physical strength wise, he he did that. He did that in the movie t- in uh, uh when they first. Oh, shoot, I can't remember. He slapped somebody in in, in the in the original trilogy. <laughs> but they didn't go. It just goes. They didn't do. They did a Wilhelm scream. They didn't do like Captain America like punching him across the screen type thing. Right, but I I really do feel like they just kind of they they just wanted to they kind of wanted to establish that the Wookies are really strong. In just that movie, because when the well, I mean, I guess he's old in Force Awakens and Last Jedi, but I mean, he didn't do anything like that. He's an old ass geezer, man. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the so the the robot, the female robot. Well, obviously she was a little dramatic, but um, was awesome. That um, she sounded like the actress that plays Captain Phasma. Mm -hmm. Is that her? I don't know. Let's, uh, we we can find that out later. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll look at that later. Um, yeah. You know, they did some of the traditional, like, standing by the Millennium Falcon and shooting, every, you know, choo, 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 shooting all these people. Mm-hmm. And I remember during the movie, I was kind of annoyed because I was like, man, you guys are standing in out in open for a long time. And then I thought about it and I was like, they did that in the original trilogy. Okay. I mm-hmm. can forgive Actually, that. Actually, that's like a, oh, uh, that right there is like the same exact scene when they first yeah. got the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And, and um in the original trilogy because they were like going the rebels or not sorry the empire discovered them in the cantina and then they went outside and then they were shooting right around the same exact area going choo 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 as they were all getting on <laughs> no. pew 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 pew, 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 pew. <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> but then like the, some of those scenes though they just, oh, they just they were just so generic they just seemed like that's exactly what it was it was like some kid reimagining their childhood playing with these little action figures and like oh i'm gonna put this character over here and pew, 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 and then he's gonna go over here and go pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> um something else i thought was ri- ridiculous was uh it's just so um i don't know what's his name woody harrelson his character mm-hmm. like his he just keeps on twirling his guns right mm-hmm. and then swashbuckly yeah and then and then han solo's like Whoa! Teach me how to do that. And I'm like, dude, just twirl the fucking gun. <laughs> but then the fact that he was like so enamored with the him just twirling his gun and then shooting, which doesn't seem very efficient. It is not. But I do, I do feel like that what they're trying to do is establish that Solo or Han Solo has this. Uh, uh, yeah, it has this. 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 Uh, I don't know this attraction. Love, this attraction to that Western feel, because yeah. if you really look at it in the in the trilogy, like he he definitely feels like uh like an old Western character. 
in that he doesn't care. He's like the 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 hyper masculine Western character that just like just he roams the desert with his own law, you know that kind of thing. And like even like the one of the opening scenes is that like when he shoots old dude under the table. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So and they kind of have that scene. Yeah. Because you know the whole like George Lucas being like, oh yeah, Hans shot first, and yeah. then in oh. Sorry, I won't spoil it. <laughs> oh, he did. Um, so, oh, I guess I can't talk about that thing because it's spoiling it too. It's all good. Ooh, darn it. Um, do you have anything? I feel else? like we've talked about majority of that story without spoiling anything. That's ju- <laughs> that's true. I had something else I was going to say, and I it's gone. Damn it. Well, Wait. to fill in the gap and hopefully help you remember what you were talking about, the um, the character who play or the the woman who played the robot is Phoebe Waller Bridge. And she is not from Game of Thrones. No, and she's a really good writer, though. Uh, She has a series called Fleabag, and she has a current series going on called Killing Eve, which I haven't got a chance to see, but I've heard a lot about, and I want to watch it. But um, did you? Okay, I got it. Okay, (laughs) so you know, I was already talking to you about this uh, before, but I almost feel like they should. You know, they Woody Harrelson was is the more established actor. Yes. And I almost feel like they should have made him more like Han Solo's character in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then you and then you could have the guy that played Solo, Han Solo, just be exactly how he is. and Because of following in said yeah, person's Yeah, and then that's, that's who he, you know, he mirrors him. That's, that was, that's been his, his idol or whatever you want to call him. And so, and then that's how he... he attains his identity well because i put a lot on partially that put a lot on that kid's shoulders trying to be harrison ford playing han solo right for anyone except for that one guy they, they, there's some guy that impersonates it perfectly but i don't i don't know if he's an actor or or if he's just an impersonator yeah um so one of the things that um is good about the way that they wrote that story and it's kind of one of the redeeming qualities is that what they established is that han solo as much as he is a loner did rely on a lot of people and that in relying on a lot of people, if you look at the different personalities of the people that he relied on the people that he was established with, um, that, those are all his personality traits like individualized. So you have the, the roughly independent person, which is, um, Harrison Ford or, or sorry, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> wow. Confusing. Um, I was doing the same thing. Right. Um, and then you have, um, Fandy or Tandy Newton, who played the love interest of Harrison Ford that died. Crap, that's a spoiler. Wait, she okay? So I must have been falling asleep. She was I didn't his even wife. Notice. Holy oh. crap, man! That's like a big part of that movie. So, I remember now. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna probably insert like a, a spoiler warning a little bit ahead of this, but it it really does establish a lot of. The I don't know. I was him. I was really thinking about this movie and. Uh, I, I don't know if this is one of those movies where we're like, no, don't spoil it. Or if it's a movie where we're like, oh, I'll probably see it someday. Oh, you spoil it? Eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, so in doing that, you kind of establish his character traits through Woody Harrelson already because you have that fiercely independent, I don't care about nobody, blah, blah, blah. I'm just about the paycheck, right? Yeah, he, he's and already then, him. Right. And then you have his love interest, who is Thandy. And in doing that, you also establish that solo has a heart but mm-hmm. he doesn't wear it on his shoulder and even like when they show their affection between the two he kind of blows it off the same way he does with leia in the trilogy in that he goes i know 
whenever she says um but uh, that's the thing is han solo in this solo movie is already that so it's not like not not necessarily they just they because they established that he loves somebody right mm -hmm. and the only the part of his dude he was like he's like what's your last name he's like well i don't know i'm a loner he's like oh you're solo so i mean he's already that he really is Cool. And then, if anything, but, again, it served as an establishment of his character. But also, before, he still had the the roguishness to him before before all those events, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have, and maybe he didn't follow in those footsteps. But I think what the movie is kind of alluding to is kind of displaying the personality traits that he would go on to, to uh, kind of embrace, I guess, and. I'm well, I mean, if you watched Solo before you watched the original trilogy and then you have Han Solo, you know, kind of being like, yeah, I don't want to be involved in this. And you're like, yeah, I watched Solo. This is totally your character. You're obviously going to be like, nah, I'm good. But oh, then you get just kidding. I can't help it because that's who I am. So what you're now establishing is that the movie and its establishment of his character was actually good. Sure. The thing is, not all character traits and not all character development has to be done over a, like the full length of a movie. You don't have to establish a person's no. moral compass over six, uh, 120 minutes. You can do it in three minutes and be fine as long as you do it. I think I think most subtle character development is the best anyways. Well, um, that's why they have, you know they, people write scripts and usually like they'll write an episode, a script for an episode and they'll write 50 pages and then they go back and they want to narrow it down to the 30 pages because right. they want to retell this story um, more concisely. You know, mm -hmm. how can I tell the same, convey the same thing in less time? Mm -hmm. Yes. Or, or if you're a long form TV a writer or whatever, and you try to figure out how can I portray the story in 10 episodes, an hour a piece. So now I have a 10 hour story, but most of the time those stories need more character yeah. development and need more time to do so. But, um, so, I mean, I feel like, yeah, him establishing his motivations a little early on and um, Woody Harrelson's uh, portrayal as of somebody that's uh, somewhat akin to a mentor um, or somebody to look up to uh, might have felt a little heavy-handed because you, you, you did definitely get all of the traits in him. and um, But at the same time, I did feel like giving a young person like somebody to look at and realize that that's what they are might've been kind of what they were going for in terms of yeah, okay. like, I, I am that kind of, this is the kind of person that I am. This is what I'm going to be. And then like, not like someone else like in this world is like me. Yeah. Gives me justification for who I to, am to be okay. who I am. Yes. Okay. And look, he's su successful quote unquote. And he look, look, he has this woman in his life and I have a woman in my life that I'm trying to get back to, you know? And so like all of that, like it's confirmation for him. Like, I will say, so it did remind me of the plot twist that we won't talk about, but it's, it's very annoying and mm -hmm. it's strictly to set up later movies. I don't even think it was to set up later movies. I think a lot of people think fan that, service. Yeah, it was definitely a fan service because I think that a lot of people didn't, there's not a whole bunch of people that watch Clone I mean, Wars. They have all those rumors about. They have all the rumors about a Obi Wan Kenobi movie, mm -hmm. and I it mean, could be. Yeah, I mean, I, it could be. be but villain. for me, it just it felt like a little fan service. It felt like a nice little Easter egg, and then the fact that 
they waited until like not even like a, a couple of weeks ago before people were allowed to show that that scene even existed mm-hmm. um because there was like a, a what do you call it when you can't a moratorium on i hate when 80s like that in characters hmm? i hate when 80s out of nowhere with characters you know we're not going to dive into spoilers so we won't talk about that the thing is i, I won't even spoil it the thing is it wasn't a 180 and they established ahead of time that that character would do anything to survive and that she was already doing everything to survive and in ah, doing so she yeah that doesn't spoil anything so okay uh but yeah so th- there's anyways I, I already pretty much said spoilers uh, earlier so yeah yeah well, that's one. true that w- this is a movie that we're like yeah i don't think people would be pissed off either way um th- i didn't think it was a 180 i did feel like the character itself came out of nowhere the or the the twist for that character that was involved in the twist came out of nowhere but her allegiance to said character was like yeah i kind of felt like there was something going on yeah you can well, see it in her facial expressions certain actions she kind of said took. it at the i mean she's pretty blunt about it yeah it was kind of like you ever seen 500 days of summer no oh, wait okay is that the one where the uh they're doing the not the fashion show is it the fashion show talent show or something no no, that's it's got Zoe Deschanel and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-mm. Oh, my! It's my it's it's my favorite love story. Okay, what was the one with the with the little kid that was doing like the talent show or whatever, and they were in the in the van? Oh, Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. I thought it was something with Sunshine, but then I I was thinking like Eternal Sunshine in the mind. And I was like, no, that's Jim that's Carrey. That's Jim Carrey. And I have not seen that whole movie yet, but I that's a good heard movie. Really good, yeah. Um. Anyways, <laughs> so, have you ever seen Have you ever seen I Robot? Dude, that's like one of my favorite movies. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I watched the tail end of it the other day, mm-hmm. and I thought it was like in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. But apparently at the very end of the movie, and I guess this is a spoiler, but it's that not like... old. Don't, yeah. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> at the very end of the movie, Will Smith like shakes the hand of the robot, and the robot's like, can we be friends? And then he, and then he goes in to shake his hand. And since I thought I was in the middle of the movie... <laughs> I thought he was going to take his hand, and I thought Will Smith was like going to throw him or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it didn't happen. But that would have been way better for the ending of the movie. And then he's like, Will Smith's like, nah. Fuck and then you. his eyes turn red, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they kind of like zoom in on the red, and then suddenly the movie's oh, over. So Will Smith is actually an evil robot the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so I wasn't expecting to have basically a whole podcast on star wars but uh we're gonna take a quick break and yeah we have a little bit more to talk about with star wars sweet um we are back also i unpacked my toy and built it that was pretty cool yep it's a bath bathtub set mm-hmm Toys are cool. Anyways, <laughs> I would like to describe more what this toy is, but I don't want to. <laughs> okay. So now you're just thinking about this bathtub toy that Will was building and playing with. That he's in the break. so excited for. So excited for. <laughs> All right. That being said, let's get back to Star Wars. Okay. So before we get to the final Force Awakens and Last Jedi, uh, what did you think of Rogue One? I thought Rogue One was a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. I thought Rogue One's story was beautiful. Okay. I thought Rogue One's characters were beautiful. Okay. So 
that also had the same budget as Solo. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was a better use of budget? You know, because when, when it comes down to it, so just or, better vision. Whoever the director was has better vision. There we go. It was very artistic. It was um, artistic. It was. It had a story that was so much more finite. Yep. There was a. There was an end to that story. Solo. It's harder to write a story where you're just trying to fill in a gap. Yeah. And okay. even when you're filling in the gap, you're not filling it all the way in. You're only filling in the first part of that gap. That being said, yeah. So if you think about it, Solo doesn't. The end of Solo doesn't pick up where the where where the the trilogy picks up or the original trilogy picks up, whereas Rogue One picks up. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it literally is Star Wars three point seven five or something. Two point seven five, three point seven. You were right. Dang it! I wanted to correct you so badly. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, so it it did it. It did that. It, it it had a it had an ending. It had a definite ending. There was no way that you could get around the ending because the ending had already been established in canon. Whereas Solo, it was a story that completely stood out. Maybe that's the reason why it didn't do so well, because a lot of people felt like the story was it did do well. No, no, I'm saying do so well in terms of like the in the in the uh, mind of the fans. Solo, like, yeah. Yeah, the reason yeah, why sorry. Solo didn't do sorry, well. Yeah, okay, okay. Sorry. The reason why Solo didn't do well, and not even just monetarily, but like in the minds of fans, because it did feel like it's a story that. They couldn't, like you know where it belongs in the storyline, but at the same time, it did feel like maybe it was a side story that never really needed to be told. Whereas Rogue One, it's still maybe a story that never really needed to be told, but a story nonetheless that when it was told, afterwards, kind of the same way the uh, the prequel trilogy worked, you didn't really realize you wanted to know what happened until yep. it happens, and then. But that was done so much. That was. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So because we're spoiling everything, um, just I mean the ending alone established so much. Not even. Oh, sorry. Not the very end, but the the ending effectively of Rogue One and the um was good. But I mean, obviously the 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 beginning of A New Hope was like the end of Rogue One, technically. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so cut that part out. But right before that, like everything. Actually, it's the only. Uh, movie in the series that actually leads directly into another one. Into another one, yeah. And maybe that's why it felt so good. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, the fact that I, I think I was talking to my dad about this before um, when we saw it, and we both kind of agreed that there was something to be said about writing a story, develop character, developing characters, developing motivations and, 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 and relationships, and knowing, just knowing that you're going to kill them off. And knowing that in order for the canon to remain intact and in order for the Star Wars legacy to stay where it, stay where it is, and you have to kill off these characters because they're never mentioned again. Yeah, I mean... And, like, it's, like you said, it was just so beautifully put together. It was, and it was nice. It was so much... It was done in such a way that they maximized, obviously, the, the, the budget that they had. They I'm had a lot of set pieces. tonight. Rogue One? Yeah, yeah, I've only seen it once now that I think about it. The set pieces were beautiful. They brought in some actors that I wasn't really expecting and some of characters that I felt like might have been somewhat tacked on and a little unnecessary, but at the same time, these characters had counterparts in other media. Like, uh, Forrest Whitaker's character actually existed in the Star Wars Rebels saga. Right. Uh, or not Rebels, sorry. I think he was in Clone Wars. Um, 
And so, like, he, he's a character that's already been pre-established, and now you're getting to see his influence on a, a, a kind of a grander scale. Um, I mean, really, it was a minor influence, but nonetheless, he was a part to, like, the the, the, the testing of the, the Death Star, you know, which is a huge part of establishing the, 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 the legacy of Star Wars. I mean, the Death Star is iconic in that way. Um, so... Like, it, man, it's it's really it's really great in that none of the sto- none of the characters felt or overdeveloped, Mm-mm. and they didn't feel underdeveloped. They really literally felt like had you never seen any of the Star Wars movies, you felt like you could still watch this one because it was very much a story of beginnings that still had an ending, which was like it's like really crazy, you know. Yeah, it, it was great. Uh, so I was I was trying to think of the guy's name, Donnie Yen, in it. Did yeah, you know he that played the make, blind, yeah, blind guy. Did you know they're making a Sleeping Dogs movie? No, that would be great. Square Enix, that Square Enix game is like yeah. that's that game's heavily slept upon. No pun intended. Wait, what? Oh, okay, slept okay, okay slept upon. upon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that man. Uh, that pause that seems like Ugh. a. a that, was, that, oh, was, that, was that my, hurt me. What was it? The pregnant? That was my no, pregnant. No, that was pause. that was not pregnant. I was no. so pregnant. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's honestly there's not too much to say. Like, I I really have no issues whatsoever with this movie. It was, it did everything it set out to do, and it did it well. Um, so going, uh, um, I actually did look up sales numbers though. So. Uh, the Force Awakens did 2.1 billion, and then The Last Jedi did 1.3. Okay. And then Rogue One did 1 billion. Mm-hmm. Um, what did Solo do? Like 300 million. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really bad. Holy uh, crap. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, I but will say the movie was also undersold. That being yes. like it wasn't as advertised. Well, like I said, ones. well, this is a perfect segue. You know, just like I said, people were pissed off about The Last Jedi. Solo was coming out. They're like, you ruined Star Wars. And why the hell do we need a uh, Han Solo movie, you know? so And I heard him say Falcon in the, in the, yeah. in the trailer. I don't like what it. What the heck? Um, <laughs> but just going back to that, that is a huge, that's a substantial drop off mm-hmm. from 2.1 billion to 1.3. So, you can, I mean, okay, so we'll go in The Force Awakens. And it also shows, sorry, the influence on internet culture on the... Yes, yes, there is, there the is the group, of movies the group thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I never, I did ask you this, did you like Force Awakens or Last Jedi better? I will not know until the third one comes out. Ah, jeez. I think, I actually really do think you asked me that, and that was my same response, oh. because... Um, the way I feel like is when you make a trilogy of games, movies, three seasons of a TV show, when something is written to be split into three parts or two parts or whatever is split into be multiple parts, it's hard to judge the parts until you see the whole. Now, that being said, I thought Force Awakens was good in that it was a beginning to things. Um, a beginning to kind of like establish some new storylines and establish some new some new canon that would expand into creating you know more of a Star Wars universe and not just the Skywalker legacy. And then I thought that the Last Jedi 
effectively built upon were establishing some a universe outside of the the Skywalker um, legacy, and the the problem with it is that it ends in a way where it's leading into a third one, where and I, you know it's funny that um, it has the same parallel to the Empire Strikes Back, and that the Empire Strikes Back kind of ended in one of those ways where you're like, but where's the ending? But where's my resolution? And the reason why you can't truly give a resolution for a a, a story that re- literally resides in the middle of a story, you can't resolve a story in the middle of a story. You yeah, know, but the the thing is, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so the the difference between Empire Strikes Back is Empire turns Darth Vader into this shallow villain into a, a awesome villain with depth but then the last jedi turns kylo ren into a whiny little brat no he was a whiny little brat He's and then this still one a whiny little brat. no 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 you're missing it all then kill him kill han or luke skywalker i'm right. so angry that's not him i'm pissy okay so he's always been a pissy character. That's that's that was what they established him as. But if you look at it in the second one, or in the Last Jedi, they further establish that his feelings aren't just being a whiny brat. Now, the the motivation for doing a lot of things that he's doing is because of his his like dedication to the dark side, his dedication to the person who we would consider like his. Uh, his motivation, the Darth Vader's uh, rule, and that he wanted to be then, like as a Sith, he wanted to be something akin to Darth Vader. And Snoke constantly stoked that fire. Like he always, he like the thing is, he kept on building it up. He he's like effectively telling it, let these feelings take a hold. So that's the re- I think that's the reason why in the first one they made him so whiny and they were making him very emo. It's because they wanted to establish that here's a character who has no control of his emotions and doesn't really know why he feels the way he does, though he has an idea in that his dad is the reason or his, uh, his mom is the reason. So then in The Last Jedi, you establish further that this character feels this way not only because of his parents, but also because of the character that we as a whole, a fandom, have grown to love as this pinnacle of 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 good to have finally done something that could be considered wrong and from a perspective of somebody who looked up to this person as a mentor thinking that they were going to be killed by the one person that they thought to be good and to be like a, like i said a pinnacle of good to teach them how to use the abilities that they had no idea of and that their that you know that their own parents couldn't really teach them about you know like to see Effectively, you're viewing this world from these with these glasses that say that everything is good, everybody's treating me great, and they see me with all this, you know, boundless potential and whatnot. But then to see the one person that I truly like look up to see me as evil. I mean, what what does that do to you? You know, and I think so. It so it, effectively it creates a conflict emotion inside of a person 
And then on top of that, you have somebody out there fueling that fire in the conflict of emotion. So you don't know how to control your emotions. You don't know how, you don't know how to express them. And in the second movie, by by kind of by by holding off the fact that they really explained why Kylo was the way he was until the second movie, they kind of gave you um, first they gave you I feel like they gave you a reason to disdain Kylo as a character, but then they gave you a reason to actually kind of like him, in that you almost understand his motivations and then going forward after understanding his motivations you start to hate him because you're realizing that now he's just lashing out now he is a little kid but at the same time you've built the depth in establishing that his emotions aren't unfounded but okay so i remember in the first movie and and Mm -hmm. maybe that's what you're talking about maybe you're kind of mixing them together but so I remember reading about when, and this is spoilers, but sorry, this is, it's been enough time. Yes. You know, when um, Kylo Ren kills Han Solo. Right. In the script, it says that he felt grief. Right. He felt bad for his decision. Okay. And, and, and that's kind of what I, I mean, that's kind of what I got out of it too. And, and, uh, you know, like, it, there seems like there's this jealousy that, um, Kylo Ren has for Rey more than anything. Yeah. And um and that's why he like it's more it's more like <clears throat> it's more like when you had Anakin and he's like or he had Obi Wan telling Anakin, You were supposed to be the chosen one and mm-hmm. now it feels like Kylo Ren's like, Hey, I'm the chosen one. Who's this Ray person? Right. Why is You're she You're nothing. Yeah. He he really said it. You're nothing. You came from nothing. And oh. effectively, he wants to be her master. Like Actually, he want- I guess that makes a lot of sense. That, um, like the stuff he told her, made it make, makes it seem like more like a lie. And think about this: he yeah, is okay. being, he's being influenced by this one person. That, as we all know, the rule of the Sith is that there's always a master and there's always a, um, there's always the apprentice, right? And for him to be a part to that, I I don't know, like ritual or whatever, and then to like kill like kind of pretty much know that he wanted to kill his master like knowing most sith that's kind of how it works you're you're evil to a point and you've gotten to a point where yes this per like i feel like anybody that is a sith lord and has an apprentice knows that that apprentice will eventually kill them but they get so powerful that they're like oh he can't stop me right but but i don't want to get my hands dirty so he can do it right 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 um but like so that being said, like, if you know that you're going to die, like, Snoke effectively, like, raising this person to take his place. And I think that the mindset of telling Ray <laughs> That, that kind of is a flaw to the story, though, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> these guys have this this quest for power, mm-hmm. but then they're like, but I'll train you to take my place and kill me. That, here's the thing. They're blinded by the amount of power yeah. that they currently no, have. No, I, I, I totally I think get that, that part. They, I think that they know of the cycle, but everybody thinks that they'll do better. That I'll raise this this apprentice, and he won't kill me because I'll be the best teacher ever. And if I die, it'll be because somebody else killed me. You know, somebody more powerful. But it doesn't matter because I've raised an even more powerful apprentice. Somebody will take my place anyway. So they, I'm pretty sure they, they, if you really think about it, they contemplate the consequences of raising somebody in, in, a, in, a, in a way that says that they're the most powerful that you know that eventually they're going to want to overthrow you because that was your mindset for your master you know nobody says the best 
Hmm? There's always it ends up being someone right. better. There's but always like, bigger fish. There's yeah. always bigger fish. Um, that picture of like where the little tiny fish with the bigger fish behind it trying to eat it, and the bigger fish behind it trying to eat it, and then the like the even well, bigger fish behind it trying to eat it. Like that that that's pretty much the sit. There's always gonna. Uh, you ever seen Rocky Balboa? Yes. No, I did not watch that movie. Oh, do you watch the Rocky movies? I think I maybe watched the second or the third one. So the Rocky Balboa movie. Do you care about spoilers for this? No. Okay. So in that movie, um, he's an old man, mm-hmm. and the you know the the young guy is like, I can take you out, da da da. da. Yeah. And um, and then he trains. He goes toe to toe with him, and he loses. Mm-hmm. And it's more so about like this other guy finding the respect in this guy mm-hmm. that he put so much work into it, and because they went, you know, it was it was a really close match. Right. But um, I might have seen this movie. I don't know. It was just called Balboa, though, right? Is that the, this is the newest uh, one, right? Not well, not the newest one. This is the yeah, yeah, the, the one right the before last Rocky movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really know where I was going with this story, but it was relevant. I think you were trying to establish the respect for somebody stronger or somebody that may have been of the of the generation prior yeah. being as strong as they are. And I think maybe establishing that the masters oh, know like, that they're strong, but they also can right. see that the generation is... Like, Rocky's just like, no, I can, I can take you. If I work hard enough, I can take you still, mm-hmm. you know? So I guess it is that same concept. Yeah. Um, I think... Okay, so, you know, a lot of people, like, I said, like you were saying earlier, complain that he's a whiny baby, but... I think it's because nobody wants to really, because the general public who views these movies don't look, go into them thinking, okay, I have to do a character research paper on how to establish motivations and and like I have to look at all the threads that are, you know, you know what I mean? I think a lot of people go into it for entertainment value and they do see certain things that maybe are kind of, they're like, a, they may be accosted by certain things that they don't understand, like, uh, or that they feel like hasn't been established or maybe feel like oh that was just a bad you know actor choice or he he was overacting something i think it was fine so but it's the same same thing as hayden christensen though a lot of people much better than hayden christensen i understand that but if you really look at it like i said earlier it's the direction in which you're told to go so in writing that script and in writing the story they wanted him to be a certain way right and adam driver just yeah, that. they wanted him to be conflicted, right? And in doing so, Adam Which is Driver like the probably most dangerous t- thing for someone with the force, right? Shoot, this story has been told before, yeah, and they're and they're retelling it. <laughs> I think, I think the problem is that a lot so, of people have is that they I felt wonder... like he didn't develop too much. But what they didn't, what they didn't take into account is that even if you develop, you may still have the same habits. You may still have, even if he has discovered. What has what his motivations for things are, and he has kind of established why he does the things that he does. He still has no solution to counter that. Mm-hmm. There's he may have come to terms with, say, for instance, that you know, um, Luca tell me that he only did it because he was afraid. That's fine and dandy, but I still have no solution to deal with these feelings that I have been feeling and now you're stacking more on top of those so yes i'm going to continue to be um like unhinged and i'm going to continue to to like like hold on to the, this disdain for the jedi order and for you not really the jedi order because so, it doesn't exist anymore but yeah so you talk about things that 
you hate that storytellers do mm-hmm. uh, for sequels because it's it's convenient to that story. Right. Right. And so one of the things that bugs me is 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 honestly it's it's Luke mm-hmm. in that moment where he's like, oh, I'm gonna I need to take this guy out. Right. Like it just seems it seems like that moment. It seems like this was a convenient way to give Kylo Ren motivation to turn into what he is. Right. And it just seems so inconsistent with, I mean, okay. It seems inconsistent with this character, but I can, I guess on some levels I can understand it because it's not like when, when Luke, you know, he's in the original trilogy. It's not like he has a firm emotional, he's not, he's not, you know, he doesn't, he's not emotionally stable. You know, and Luke he is a doubt. flawed character. He is a flawed character, but he's always, but he's striving to always do what's right. He's striving to always do what he considers to be right. right. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people, because sorry, it's like, it's weird. It's, it's kind of hard to describe it. So it's a lot of people kind of equate Luke Skywalker to being the good guy, mm-hmm. but in essence, Luke Skywalker is the guy with, with a, all these responsibilities. With a responsibility to be the good guy. Because he's the only one left. Because, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then so going into the trilogy, one so of the things forced. that okay. yeah, one of the things that you realize in the trilogy is first of all, they didn't even show him in the first one. Mm-hmm. And in the second one they bring him in and they kind of give him his own like art. They one of the things that people, some people didn't like is that, oh, you know, we get this one epic scene leading up to this movie and then you guys cancel it out the moment. And you said it before. Um, you said it before. One of the things that they, they did uh, that was like blatant is that Ryan Johnson seemed like he was throwing out everything that was established in the first movie. But because Luke Skywalker wasn't even really established in Force Awakens at all, Effectively, he's starting with a blank slate of, hey, what have we done with Luke Skywalker in all this time frame? And I think in doing that and kind of canceling out what people thought they wanted or what he uh, or what what they said that they wanted. Well, that's just people said that was symbolic of that happening. But I mean, it kind of it makes sense. But it also establishes that, first of all, Luke Skywalker is not the quintessential good guy. Yeah. He just happened to make some good decisions. He just happened to have some kind of moral compass and support group, i.e. Uh, Han Solo and his sister and um, oh, the guy. Yeah, but just really think about it a little bit. So this is his nephew. Mm-hmm. So if he strikes down Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. he doesn't only just have his guilt. Yes. What's going to happen to Han, to Leia? Exactly. What would they do against him? And... It's not like, like, it just seems like in the time that he makes this action, all those things have to be there. You know, he has to understand these consequences. And, and, and it just seems unbelievable that he would get that far into the, into the act. That, I think that's, I think that's my issue. It seems unbelievable from the perspective of establishing Luke Skywalker, again, as the quintessential good character. The thing is, Luke Skywalker was never, or was part, was mostly never presented with the decisions to make like that in the original trilogy. Sure. Aside from Darth Vader, 
he really did not go about his life that way. If anything, he was always put in the position to be the good guy. He, he okay. So, but one of the parts about it is, so he refused to kill his father mm-hmm. because he said, I can still see the good in you. Yes. So it makes no sense that all of a sudden, 30 years later, he's like, well, I saw the, I saw the good in Darth Vader who's murdered so many people. Mm-hmm. I can't see it in Kylo Ren who's still young. And what were the has- consequences of him not killing his father? Nothing. Nothing really. Okay. He died himself. Like, like, so he didn't kill his father. And then the emperor used his little lightning things on him. And then, and then the consequence was that his dad did do the right thing. He Mm -hmm. picked him up. He threw him in there. He saved Luke. And, and, and that good did come out at the very end. Mm -hmm. And so now, now all of a sudden, 30 years later, he can't find that same thing in his nephew that has never even done any of those things. You know what? One of the things that I don't I don't know if they ever really explain is does Luke actually know about what Anakin did back in the day? Does Luke know yeah, about... Yeah, that's a good question. Well, it, because that could also be him going, I need to prevent the creation of another Anakin. I need to prevent the... The, the legacy technically I, that my family has established. I, I get the if he logic, knows that I don't know. I get the logic behi- behind the, the storyteller, mm-hmm. but that's what I say. That's that's probably the biggest part where I I think there's an inconsistency, and I think that's the thing that a lot of people were pissed off about. I don't know if it's as much inconsistency as um, unestablished. They don't they don't give him a reason or I, a means to I, make that decision. In his defense, being a parent is very stressful and then <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean he is he is basically the parent to all these I mean he is the Jedi order. Luke Skywalker is the Jedi order. He's building this thing um Trying. but but we don't know anything about the Knights of Ren. For all we know that mm-hmm. um Kylo Ren has already started that. Mm-hmm. And and I, I guess that is something we haven't established. We did, we I guess at that point we don't know what Kylo Ren has done. For all we know, he's been going out at night, sneaking out at night, and starting this little boy band mm-hmm. and killing people. Right. And you know, because well, I mean, part of the force is being able to foretell the future. You know. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, there 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 is a possibility that he he figured that out and whatever. And then when he took his lightsaber back. He's like, oh, but, you know, like, Dad, Dad decided to do the right thing in the end, so I'm not going to kill you right now. It's a, it's a conflict of responsibility and uh, emotional attachment. So for him, if he felt okay. like his responsibility would be to nip it in the bud and ensure, ensure that the new Jedi Order this. that's I being can... established is not corrupted by somebody that he can see bears the ill intent that would lead him down a path to the dark side. Okay. Then, I can buy into that. And then taking it back is that conflict saying, but there's good in him. Because there's a big difference because so with Darth Vader, mm-hmm. um, well, you know, it's still the same thing because also he has way more of an emotional attachment to, to Kylo because of, uh, knowing him as a kid, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I mean, he probably changed his diaper. 
probably. <laughs> As opposed to his daddy, which he, even then, Kylo it was Ren a conflict probably, to Luke. He probably peed on Luke. Mm-hmm. It it, that's really essential. This and is may- a real thing. Maybe he actually <laughs> wanted to kill him because he peed on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, Dang, now we're spoiling <laughs> got it. episode nine. <laughs> right? It's just like, it's just like Brawly. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! <laughs> Fuck you, Goku! You make too much noise. I wanna kill you. I don't even know who you are. I'm a baby, right? <laughs> but I recognize that scream. Anyway. <sighs> you know, I I can accept it. I can accept the reasoning and the logic behind it. But uh, I just, like I said, I, I just can't fully establish anything until I see the conclusion. Okay. okay. And so, but you, in, so but you think in saying that. I do believe that Force Awakens, as it currently stands, is better than Last Jedi. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't see. I didn't know that. I thought yeah. you liked the Last Jedi better. I only had. One... I like the Last Jedi as its part in the story. Do... I like Force Awakens as a standalone movie. Do you care about Ray being a, a, a Mary Sue? Does that bug you at all? No, that doesn't bug me. I don't know why people get so annoyed. You know why? Because the Jedi's were never of one lineage. People yeah. who can use the Force have never been of one lineage. It's simply the people who were born. The people who were born to use the Force were anomalies. That's the reason why the, well, the I guess Jedi they never, picked them up. They never established that Luke Skywalker. Like, obviously, they said, "Oh, Anakin's really strong with the Force." Did they ever? I don't remember them ever saying Luke is super strong with the Force, like his father. No, you know, he's but just... effectively, they said that Anakin was the quote-unquote chosen one, and they always kind of imply in the original trilogy that he was, like, immaculately conceptive. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they imply yeah, it, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I don't that. think they ever fully say it. Um, so in They just si- don't ever show his mom getting down. Right, obviously. But they also don't mention a father. Um, and I, Actually, I'm, I'm sure there's some movie somewhere about that. I'm sure. <laughs> um, wow. Um, but... <laughs> What they do do with um, <laughs> what they do with um, with Luke is they establish that he is of a lineage of a person that is super strong with the Force, and um, I don't think they established that he is was ever stronger um, than Vader. There was always yeah, like I don't I don't think so. The, now that I think about it, yeah, he had the potential to be strong. So because people are all pissed off that they're like, oh well, Luke had needed all this training, da 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 da, but. I mean, Anakin effectively inherited his abilities. We don't know how powerful to, Luke really is. We don't even really know how powerful Darth Vader really I mean, is. I mean, one of the reasons that Luke defeats Darth Vader is the fact that, first of all, emotional like, attachment. Yeah, emotional attachment. The one thing that drew him to the dark side was the thing that brought him back to the light. Yeah. And was the one thing that prevented him from using all of that power that he had established in all of his angst. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to defeat his own kid because it's his own kid. Yeah, because Darth Vader's whooping his ass in yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. So that's that is really something I never thought about for, for Ray being this this Mary Sue. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can take that into consideration, that Luke might not be this all powerful Jedi. Like, everyone... Luke is this Jedi that survived. Really, that's what it yeah. comes down to. He's the Jedi. Yeah. That, okay. And. By established by that ending scene in Last Jedi with the little kid like, bringing the broom to him, they have officially established that maybe the Force was maybe latent, kind of in in, yeah. in the universe, and that 
it's experiencing a resurgence of people who are able to use it, mm. whether they know it or not, or if they th- even think it's weird. Some or they're going might... to they're going to do a Harry Potter Star Wars crossover. That's just weird. Um, <laughs> it's not unfeasible. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I know they they wanted to do what they wanted to do. They wanted to do the Twenty One Jump Street Men in Black crossover. Yeah, I saw that. I love it. I Let's do it. Why don't they that. have done it yet? I can't I wait. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I like the idea of creating characters and not having like not every character has to be prophesied. Not every character mm-hmm. has to be um, previously established. Not every character has to be related to the the main villain. Yes, they do. Okay. Well, we have differing <laughs> opinions on that. I'm just kidding. Um, but in in doing so, I in the, I guess uh, still this is another point of contention that it feels like Ryan Johnson said screw the Skywalkers. But at the same time, I think that the Skywalkers themselves technically came out of nowhere as well. Yeah. So in order to But it, it is a little weird because I mean they wanted this they came out and said they they want this part to wrap up the skywalker trilogy but then ryan johnson comes in and says <laughs> i don't care about this quintilogy i think because it's nine episodes now of pure skywalker yeah whatever it is but yeah sure the, that's, um, why I, that's why i said earlier the skywalker legacy because yeah. i pretty much mm, i mean i mean i guess they could go the route where this is actually just like episode one two and three and kylo ren ends up being the darth vader and this is actually whatever he's going to become his origin story second all the trilogies have had very much similar ebbs and flows and well no they, i mean like follow the same like thing. this is how episodes 10 11 12 are they're about what kylo ren becomes could be i mean i don't think it will or the order that kylo ren founds i i think they're ready to i think they're ready to move on to a different era after this i honestly think that what's going to end up happening, and I think it's going to be due to pressure after the the because the ninth one is going to be good, but it's not. It's going to follow. The, it's going to have it's the same. It's J.J. Abrams. It's going to be good. No, no, it's going to be good, but it's going to have the same disdain that every third movie typically had, and that is crap. You're ending my story. I want more. And at the same time, like and they're like, saying, don't worry, Disney bought us. We want right. to make more money. But you'll at the same get time, more. You'll get the same feeling that you got from episode three, where maybe all the first part, you're not really like down for it. But mm. then once they start getting towards the end and you start to feel like all of the things that you've been like anticipating since episode seven, you know what I mean? Like you're getting all of this resolution for all of these conflicts all into one, like the like ball of like exceptional storytelling. The thing is, you have to get that. I still feel like a lot of people will end up being disappointed because not only is the story not leading into a pre-established story, now we're going into unknown territory in terms of characters. Now we're going to a point where we're we're effectively almost wiping the slate clean as of episode nine. Because if you think about four, five, and six, the conclusion to that was out of nowhere. We were just kind of like, oh, this is a conclusion to something. Cool. And then you get one, two, and three. But the conclusion to that leads to four, five, and six. So you're like, yes, this uh, is the kind of leads to Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Um, well, technically, <laughs> More money. two leads to Clone Wars, and then three. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but that being said, uh, you look at eight. Um, you look at um, seven, eight, nine, and now you're concluding a whole nine episode like series 
of movies and trying to figure out where to go from there. You know, because you've already disappointed people in that the Skywalkers will obviously not be the center of everything. These are pre-established characters that everybody had fallen in love with. And then you're creating you're centering it around characters that not everybody likes, whether it be because they're ultra masculine people that can't see a woman as being a hero or whether it be a person of Kylo Ren. No, no, I'm talking about Ray. There are people who don't like that. There's a woman main character. Oh, I thought you were talking about Kylo Ren. Cause, I oh, mean, and then there's ultra, yeah, then there's ultra no, masculine I, no, people no, that no, think I mean, that like, Kylo Ren is just like this wimpy, ch- ch- wannabe version of Darth Vader. No, and, no I mean like, because cause Kylo Ren's like, because he's like, Ray can't be the hero. Oh, oh, wow, wow. So the, the, the fan base Very is meta. actually it's Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. Oh, <laughs> well, that was good. That was good. You, you, yeah, you can't be the hero. You're a nobody. Yep. And that's what, that's what a lot of the that's fans That's what he said. said. Wow. Wow. Kylo Ren is the fans. Wow. That's hella meta. Mm. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I, I actually really do. I never thought about that. Huh. I mean, Go he figure. could have been thinking that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, I, there, okay. So I will say there's a ton of things. I, I, there was a lot of things I did like about Force Awakens or Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I, like, I actually really, I mean, I don't know how it worked. They never did it. Eh, they, they did it. Luke and, Luke and Vader basically talk to each other when they weren't near each other mm-hmm. or they just sense each other i really like the kylo ren ray scenes where you know they're having their their conversations and you like the 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 high pants with the chest out kylo ren well that's how i was talking about that scene oh okay specifically okay specifically Continue. no it's kind of weird um very it was like a really weird costume design choice mm-hmm. and I'm trying to. I understand, like they were trying to establish that. Is it he looks like a like, like a nineteen. He looks like a boxer from like Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, and he's like saying, "Put up your dukes." Yeah. Um, but no, I think. I mean, this is typically what happens with costume design is that they try to say something with mm-hmm. clothes, and I think that part of it was trying to express like a la- uh, layer of vulnerability and whatnot. Because if you really think about it, she's like, can you put the shirt on? Um, this is a little weird, but like, you know, you kind of establishing that he is, uh, he, I hated the like, humor in the last Jedi. I hated it. When like, when, uh, what's the pilot's name? Hold on. You hated the humor in last Jedi, but you enjoyed Go on. Episode six, which was literally like the most humorous of all of the movies. There was a whole like third of the movie dedicated to Ewoks and humor. No, they were cute and humorous. That's like the cute and and that's the point of contention with that movie. (laughs) So how is it that you have a point of how is that the point of contention for you in the the, for me for me the okay so for me the ewoks still fit into this world you're on this alien planet so there's going to be different types of inhabitants Mm -hmm. it it makes total sense that there's going to be underdeveloped planets it's not like every planet out there they're going to have people that have spaceships and everything okay so that never really bugs me i like and and they were they were simplistic, you know. These this these people like originally they thought they saw them as a <laughs> they saw them as a threat, and they were trying to eat them and cook them. Mm-hmm. And then when they realized, well, actually, 
I kind of realized. I don't know. I don't really know what the Princess Leia thing was all about, why they worshipped her. But they realized that they're all on the same side, and then they fought together to beat, you know, the the Empire. That just I don't know. For some reason, that, that doesn't bug me at all. Okay. For some reason, which means you haven't completely established in your brain why you, why you appreciate that, but you don't appreciate the humor in Last Jedi. But okay, continue. I, I want to hear more so about the Last forced. Jedi. No pun intended. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the the I don't remember his name. What's the pilot's name? Poe. The very yeah, first scene, you know, so so that the I don't know the bad guy, redhead. I thought I, that was perfect. What are you talking about? No, man. Like so, in the first movie. Like the redhead bad guy, mm-hmm. like he's menacing, mm-hmm. he's intimidating, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden in this one, he's just a moron. He's there for comic relief. Okay, so so, so riddle me this. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing: the Last Jedi was altogether a very um, emotional movie. It was a very, it was a movie that was kind of like brooding, if you will. Sure. Um, do you feel? If you were to get rid of the the comedic tones and in, in those scenes, that the movie would have been better all altogether, or do you feel like the movie would have established itself as a too brooding of a film? And then, hey, it has now it has no humor in it, and I need something to break up all of these well, scenes of people dying and like you see what I'm saying. But it doesn't fit. If it doesn't fit, then you don't put it. It doesn't fit. The, it may may not fit the story, but it fits the character, and that's what it's about. Because you were saying earlier that it's that you're you're a fan of like character stories and character mm-hmm. development, and I think that's what they kind of established Poe to be. Because he's first of all, he's he he's a humorous he's brash. character, right? He's brash, but he also there's there's a, like a nonchalant attitude about him. But at the same time, he's still skilled as a character in doing what he does as a pilot. So part of it is like confidence, it's ego. And in have in establishing more of that as a character and giving him an ego at the beginning of the movie, you establish th- how blind he becomes to the machinations of his of of his leader, his his crew or whatever, in establishing like yeah. her little plan but and how he becomes so like, aggressive against it. It's mostly because it's it's humor. It feels like ugh, this is gonna sound weird, but it feels just like humor from our world. Okay, you know, so and that's so, why it feels out of place. It's like it's like. Why does this character have a cell phone in a Star Wars movie? You right. know, it just seems so out of place. The humor feels out of place again if you don't give it. If you don't want, it's it's, it's the same thing I said about the prequel movies. You don't appreciate. It's a. You don't appreciate it until you realize what it establishes. You don't appreciate his humor until you realize that it establishes his ego and it establishes his his. Uh, his, his his tunnel vision. But it just means that Poe's not funny. And that makes him less likable. But some people it was funny. Everybody in the theater that I went to, they, they laughed out loud. And then when they went home, they might have said, oh, that felt out of place. But here's the thing. If did they, they laugh at or the, did, they, did they do like the awkward chuckle? Like, <laughs> no, not the, not the UN chuckle. <laughs> not the UN chuckle. But the, yeah. What, the UN chuckle? Trump UN chuckle. Oh. <laughs> 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 so good yeah. so good um no i think again it, people look at things for entertainment and then the people look at things for a solid storyline and character development blah, blah blah and i look at it for all of that so to me yes it did feel out of place at first but then you realize that everything that they're establishing but it's like is, oh, it's it was like nails on a chalkboard bad 
I thought it was good. <laughs> it was entertaining. I, I mean, I mean that's Plus, the thing. That's the you, thing about you know our discussions is that you know I have this opinion and then you have this opinion and that's uh-huh. and that's the best part about entertainment media in general. You know, like just because and because you know there's so many fans out there that absolutely hated it. Yes. You know, and then we don't have that opinion, and that's okay. You know, I don't absolutely hate anything. That's the thing, yeah. because I find that people oh, who absolutely find something that you hate. What? I don't say, know. Say I'll it, find say it. it. Okay. Um. Yeah. Sure. Um. You know, there are certain things that I really hate. <laughs> uh, but I don't typically absolutely hate like any form of like media because what it comes down to is that a TV show may not be the greatest it may have done something good. There's something yeah. in that that some executive, that some producer put money into because they believed in it and they may have done it well. So say, for instance, um, people can like and dislike Lost. I know you love Lost. I've never watched Lost all the way through, but one of the things I do appreciate is, how is amazing that it is. they tell stories well. Yeah. The only problem with that <laughs> is they're not consistent in doing so. Because even you say... That Lost has good seasons, and in between, they have bad ones, oh, and then no, they no, pick no, no, up no. again. It's, um, well, I, I mean, like, like you have season one, it's like a seven, and then season two is an eight, and then season three is like a ten, and then season four is like a seven, and then, you know, kind of like that. Like, but it that's never, what I'm saying, it never dips down below, like, but it's, but it's consistency, good. but that's what I'm saying. For me, I look at, like, if I'm like supernatural. That has some bad seasons. Some bad seasons, yeah. yeah. So I've never watched Supernatural, so I don't have really a horse in that, that race so at all. Good. But I mean, you really are missing out with that show. I actually think you would like it. The first seasons, it's good. You know, I rewatched. I've rewatched season one, and I remember thinking, "Oh, they they established that this season. Oh, they already had this stuff." Yeah. Oh. It's just uh, there's there's more of the filler episodes in season one than than the following seasons. Yeah, I think a lot of these TV shows. I know they they probably last for. 22 episodes because that's how the the season rotation yeah. works but i do feel like so many of them would benefit from being 13 episode seasons like netflix does um, that would have been like the first season of supernatural probably would have benefited from being 13 13 episodes but then it is amazing like that's an impressive show where seasons two three four and five there's not a bad episode hmm. okay. maybe maybe not one maybe there's like one but okay. yeah um well you said really early on in the podcast that i'm a definitely a devil in the details kind of person Mm -hmm. and i think that's probably what always makes it established that i won't i won't ever truly hate something and that i'll always find like that good part about something like the last jedi i don't know i wouldn't say like it's the best movie but i can definitely i'll definitely fight anybody that says it's a horrible movie because i don't think on that same i'm totally on that same page i just have fun saying that i'm like yeah. oh i hate that you know yeah, there, there's just there's so i mean there's so many just like so even many my, media. my son uh crap about dark souls and and, and bloodborne you know i used <laughs> to give both of those games a lot of shit until i played dark souls 2 yeah and i actually enjoyed it for what it was i played bloodborne enjoyed it for what it was but wouldn't say it's my favorite yeah but i wouldn't nice. say it's a horrible game i, I just, would say that people have established the formula and I've played en- well. Yeah, I've I've played en- enough games at this point that I recognize what I like, right. and I see that and I'm like, I already know. I this is not my thing. It's you funny know? because that's one of the pillars in terms of I added genre as a pillar because I felt like it. It's effectively the one question that you can ask yourself: Do I even like this type of game? Mm-hmm. 
and that that's going to definitely influence your opinion on all the other things but it may also establish in your brain that you have a bias and by knowing that you have a bias you might be able to kind of remove that bias bias when uh, when when, uh, when developing your opinion on other things right so yeah. okay well so before we wrap it up mm-hmm. um just a few more stuff on the last jedi because i like yeah, no talking about this movie a lot just because it is it's so divisive so i mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i already told you before that i just the way they kill off luke mm-hmm. where he just his robes just quote unquote what do you mean quote unquote I think you even said it that nobody is quite sure if they killed off Luke oh. or if he just teleported or whatever. The forces has so many new powers in the last Jedi. That's I, it's funny. A lot of people like that, that they introduce all these like weird force powers, but that I think that's one of the few things I didn't like. I liked how they described the force, but I didn't like how they just suddenly gave all these powers. And mm-hmm. then I read something that was like, well, you know, nobody has in no series of related to Star Wars have they ever actually developed what the powers of the Force were. They just said that the Force exists and it gives you powers. No. Because, I mean, they went from being... Sorry, they went from being the original Force like that they showed was just, like, being able to pull things to you Mm -hmm. and be able to, like, sense things around you and then be able to, like, kind of have, like, a precognitive ability to fight because of... I don't know, your attunement to your surroundings, right? And then suddenly in the next movie, they introduce lightning out of your fingers because the dark side. And then, you know what I mean? Like, so they never, they, I feel like they've always been introduced yeah, they powers. Have, and then suddenly you could see the future. And then, you know what I mean? Like, there's all these little things and then suddenly, like, you tease that somebody might have actually discovered a way to bring people back to light or give you eternal life or whatever. Or at least that's kind of what, what Palpatine wanted uh, Anakin to believe in mm-hmm. the original trilogy. But, of, or oh, the, yeah, because of his mom, yeah. Right. And well, that's I totally forgot about that. Yeah. They really hammered that home that there's some legend about you being able to bring someone yeah. back to life. Yeah. So like, I think about I think mm. about like you know that's you want you want to hate on it, but it's always think you have to look at okay. So if I hate this thing right now, I need to have a reason to truly hate this. So that's when you go back and you think about when did they ever establish what the force can even do? You know, and by by kind of showing that all of these things are possible it's showing that either the power of the force has expanded or that like you said earlier that's anakin or sorry or luke may not have ever been a quintessential jedi he may not have been really that strong because the only thing he could do was draw things to himself and he had this weird precognitive thing but not quite it was never established as such you know he had like blurry visions of things but that's about all and you, you, so I think by establishing that, like, there's he, I mean, there's more kinda... possibilities if you train yourself to do so, or maybe because the force exists as the space in between everything. I mean, he was no dude from the Force Awakens, that's for sure. Because he wasn't in the Force Awakens, <laughs> or not Force Awakens, uh, oh, Force Unleashed. You ever play those? Yeah. Yes. And so... he had just had crazy amounts of power. He's yeah. a clone, right? Clone, clone of Anakin. No, no, he was he was just a person, but in the second one he was a clone. Okay, I played the second one then. Okay, yeah. Um, oh, you didn't play the first one? No, I no? heard the first one was really good though. 
first one is really good. The second one's just okay, but the it was a great just game. A lot of things to to blow up and stuff. I think they they took it to as far as they possibly could with like just manipulating physics mm-hmm, and everything. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> destruction. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I feel like what they were showing in um. What, actually, what they've showed with everybody that's considered a master is that they always have something new that somebody previous didn't. You think about Obi-Wan, they showed that he could become the Force Ghost, right? Mm-hmm. And they show that... Well, so could Yoda. So but Yoda ex- didn't do it until after Obi-Wan Well, obviously, did. they exchanged notes. So maybe they did communicate in between. Maybe. But you see what I'm saying, though? Like, they've always established... Almost every single movie has established a new power, mm-hmm. or at least hinted towards a new power that the Force would have. So in, in giving him those powers and showing what he could do with it, you still don't know what the extent of that is. They showed what... They, they gave Leia that... Now, sorry, that's actually one of the few scenes that I really hate in that movie, where Leia did the little, like, floating thing back yeah, to the was like, this is... Come on, man. He could have done a little bit better than that. Well, <laughs> it would have almost been better if you killed her often. Yes. Not, no offense to the person, um, the person who played her, but it just did. It almost felt like that would be the point where you would you could cut the movie, mm-hmm. and it would have been really sad, but it would have felt more. It would have fit honestly. It would like yeah. thematically, it would have fit into that. Yeah, uh, they're mortal. It this is what happens. Yeah. Um, and it would have yeah, it really would have added to the motivations of things. But I guess they needed her to be there to be um posed moral compass whenever he was dealing with trying to overthrow the ship and whatnot yeah, but yeah we're so stupid i mean that whole that whole scenario the, is the something i do hate about premi- that yeah the main premise where they're just being chased in the ship oh the, just you're talking so... about the slow-mo conflict yeah <laughs> but that scene where 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 old girl goes through the ship and it's all quiet and everybody's thinking there was something wrong to a point where they had to like post the thing it, that says the the sound does not go out that is actually a part of the movie <laughs> but that scene Perfect. Oh, I that thought, scene was awesome. I thought it was beautiful. I like the sacrifice. I like the I like the the cinematography that was involved with like making that kind of a scene. And then so that character drove me crazy. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so I I mean I hate the like I'm gonna be a Star Wars dork about this. Okay, and yeah, continue. they definitely chose the wrong character. Okay. To do that. You like had, you think that um, that Leia could have done it? Or no, 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 no. It was that? It was, it was the general dude that his head looks like. And he goes, "It's a trap." Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> I mean, as soon as somebody said that, I was like, "Yeah, that that makes way more sense." Who, who the hell is this chick? Yeah, I felt the same way, but it definitely. Yeah. The thing is, because she's not a pre-established character, or any, and if she is a pre-established character, she's something was, I remember. Though I think she was in the one of the books somewhere or something i don't know i I really don't know it just i'm giving a very weird i don't know i don't care kind of face but really what it comes down to is that they wanted to i feel like like they wanted to kill off a character that they that has no place yet well they killed off they killed off the other general guy but they did it like stupidly he's just he was just in another ship and escape pod and they got blown up yeah like, oh, that sucks for you, dude. Yeah. But you have to, th- like... Again, all these guys are doing this as, like, sacrifices. And I think I think J.J. Abrams, when he when he made The Force Awakens, yes. he very much realized that, that Star Wars is a cultural phenomenon, and it's, it's no longer... It's no longer just a movie. You know, it's everybody's movie. And I, I okay. know you, I know you but hate that. Do you know why? Do you know why? 
because people again do you look at it as I'm a fan I'm entitled to to you you to give me the media that I deserve but I then sh- you say that and you don't know what you're like requesting I mean think about it Force Awakens the uh, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope have all were all epic movies mm-hmm. they were all epics the Attack of the Clones uh uh, Empire Strikes Back and The Last Jedi have all been character development films. They've n- they're not epics by any means. If you really look at it, a lot of those stories are very, very, very honing in on the the central characters. There's not it's not about the world conflict. It's very much about the central characters. They're they're character development stories, and so when people say, but how like okay so. Okay, sorry, go ahead. So, so Abrams was writing a different type of movie. Mm-hmm. He was writing an epic to reestablish and reinvigor the Star Wars community. Right. It was something literally that came out of nowhere. Nobody, people say they want these things, but nobody effectively like needed it. Force nope. Awakens was what I wanted. Yeah, except but you, for those rolly. Like, you didn't know you wanted it until you got it. Things. Nobody. The thing is, yes. nobody was saying. Okay. I'm an- highly anticipated episode seven before it ever was announced when they announced it yes it became anticipated oh well so i bet there were people because of the fact that um george lucas did say that he had plans to work on a movie after 30 years after you know down the road right right. like he actually literally had but that, had plans. you know and you know that's fine but a lot of people probably didn't even remember that even the people who are fans of the series probably didn't even remember that and probably thought no. you know stupid no. prequel movies <laughs> star wars man they remember it. <laughs> I understand, but I I do feel like, like there wasn't maybe a t- they do. Th- maybe um I don't think there was as much of a fervor going into it, and in that whenever it was announced, and then Disney was pretty much at the helm of everything. Now, it would there was so. Think about how much money it made. Yeah, there was something. Well, so so here's the thing. Here's the difference between two billion at the box office and one point three. One point three, everyone was excited to see it, mm-hmm. and then they saw it. And they didn't see it again. Right. Force Awakens comes out. Yeah, several people saw, saw it many times. Many times. Right. The thing about Force Awakens, again, it's just a revival. Mm-hmm. So there's you don't have anything pre-established. That whole that the Force Awakens was so much of a standalone story in that it pulled some characters in, but it had to establish this a whole new story. But it did it. That's a, I and think it did it. And it did it well, but it did it in an epic fashion. And again. It's not a story relying on other stories. It's a story relying, or not. It didn't rely on anything. It pulled characters from the previous story, and because there was so much of a time skip, they didn't need uh, specifically a layer of like uh, one-to-one continuity. They kind of made it up as they went. You you looked at the characters and you go, oh, this makes sense. I guess this person would do this do kind you, of thing. Do you think it's a one-to-one to the New Hope to a New Hope? In terms of how the movie was made. Yeah, almost, like, almost precisely. Yes, oh, because right. think about it. The movie starts off with the development of Ray. Yeah, the movie starts On off some with the desert develop- planet. Yes, mm-hmm. the movie starts off with the development of Luke, and <laughs> like I feel like you you don't, you don't really think about nobody really thinks about the fact that Star Wars has been following a very specific formula since mm-hmm. the beginning, and that people don't realize this formula. And George Lucas probably was like, ha 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 ha, gotcha. But <laughs> he's also a really good writer. And that he uh, he he developed. Are you sure, 
I I am sure. I think he developed. Have you seen the the Christmas special? Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> the the Crystal Skull. Wow. Okay. Okay. We win some, we lose some. Okay, man. Jeez. I think Bad. that I think that when he established, he the, was a good writer. We'll put it that way. Well, that's what, well when he established the Star Wars universe, he was a really good writer. Mm-hmm. I think that that his is his magnum opus. That's his his work of great art. Although, okay, it's going and into that something that you, now everybody has to build upon that. It's going into something you believe in because mm-hmm. fans wanted um, a new Indiana Jones movie, but he probably didn't. Probably not. Yeah, I'm so. pretty sure that. The, 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 the production company that owned the rights to Indiana Jones, because I'm pretty sure he sold the rights to everything. I think not, he, uh, he has now, but not before. So the Crystal Skull came out before he sold it. Before he sold LucasArts, right? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, so he doesn't own that stuff anymore. But I mm-hmm. think back in the day, like, I still think that the production companies behind these things probably looked at him and said, hey, hey, we need this. We need this. And he goes, I don't really want. We need this. We'll give you a couple million dollars. And he go, or I say a couple, but it's probably millions of <laughs> yeah. dollars. And he's like, oh, shit. Um, pff, I can make a little bit older. I can, pff, can we do, can we do Nazis? Is, he the, had, is Nazis still a thing? Okay, we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> he had good concepts. He had good concepts. It was just, it was just these weird out of place things. His mindset and his, his aesthetic is of his era. Yeah. And I think that if you But really that was the good stuff. The stuff that he tried incorporating from our era, that's where he failed. I don't I truly believe that the things that we don't like that he tried to incorporate from our era is not because uh that he impl- he huh? The suits. I truly do. I feel like hey, we need this to be more relatable to these people add this. Though there are some mistakes he made in um, adding CG to some of the prior. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So those kinds of things. Oh yeah. He. But oh I gosh, do feel the, like the the. He's the, like, I always wanted to have like a scene scene in Return of the Jedi where like they sing for like ten minutes and it's totally out of place. Why not? Yeah, that was. Um, but I do feel like. Uh, like the Indiana Jones movie definitely felt like, uh, okay, so I'm going to give you all the things that I want. And then they're like, but we want Shia Buff to be in it. And he goes, fuck, uh, just put him, put him here. I, I, so I don't think so. I actually think that, uh, that was his, that him having a son wasn't his idea. And, um, but I think, I think he, that's why I think no, the no, first no, ta- no, not the not the idea of a son. I'm talking about Shia. But oh yeah, I think the first half of that movie, I think he knew what he wanted to do, and then after a certain point, point he was just like, I, I don't know what to do now. Also, I feel like maybe Harrison Ford is getting a little tired. <laughs> maybe. Though, have you gotten a chance to watch Blade yet? No, dude, you need to watch that. So it's funny, but I really like that movie. But I do feel like Harrison Ford is definitely tired. And the movies that he acts in, like, it's very much Harrison Ford now. Though I do see Blade Runner as it might stand apart in that he does act a little bit. But his his part isn't really that big. It's mainly a movie about Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Um, and well, Ryan Gosling, that. who, you know, before I used to think he was just like the pretty boy no, actor that, that had is... no had no no chops and, and you know it's probably like personal bias. Like psh, all these women like him, yeah. whatever. He ain't nothing, right? He's awesome. But. Like as I've watched more of his movies, I'm like, holy crap, this dude can act. There was a one movie he did, I think, with Christian Bale, um, where uh, 
with him and like Ethan Mendez, I think, or something like that. Gosh, I, I don't remember. I don't remember the name of the movie. Anyways, um, it, it was just there's like a lot of mo- these movies that he does that you're like, okay, so this guy like can for reals act. Yeah, and he's he's I think really he's, great. I think he started off being typecast, and then after that, he started taking these like even, outlandish even roles. Like the, even when he was in the Notebook, he was really good in the Notebook. I don't remember the Notebook too much. Oh. I saw it once with the. With a lady friend and like honestly, Rachel McAdams, um, mm. she was the one. I mean, I think she's a good actress, but she, is. she was actually the one that was the weaker of the two for sure. I mean, you don't remember the movie, so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. She she did exactly what the director wanted to do. <laughs> so. You know, it's funny that like when people say if anything like that, that an actor or actress was weak in a movie, I always think that I'm like. Somebody hired them, mm-hmm. somebody told them to do stuff, and then somebody edited that together and actually put that out, yeah. which means to me that they were fine with it. And if they were fine with it, they were com- um, um, uh, Well, but, I yeah. mean, there's contracts and stuff and all that messy sure. stuff in between. I'm sure. So, I'm sure. I feel like I could still talk about The Last of Us, but... The Last of Us? It's the last Jedi. Or <laughs> I could talk about The Last of Us, it's but... Good game. Good game. Um. Yeah. Okay. So I. Okay. Last part. Um. That's what you said last time. I'm just kidding. Let's go. <laughs> so, if you if you took out everything you know about Darth Vader from episode one, two, and three, mm-hmm. and compare him to Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. like, are they even on the same stratosphere at all, or? Okay. Why? Darth Vader started off from the beginning, established as a menacing mm-hmm. character that had no motivation that. whatsoever for doing what he did, but to do it. Mm-hmm. He was the dark character. He was imposing. He was, he he had an all black costume with just a couple little gadgets on the front. He effectively, he announced that I am the bad guy. Left it at that. Kylo Ren started off as a emotional teenager who followed in the footsteps of somebody who was just evil in his opinion. Um, you know what I mean? I can't understand his motivation. <laughs> Kylo? Yeah, I don't know. Well, you okay, so Kylo's motivation effectively is that first of all, he has power. He yeah. has a lot of for like forced potential. No, okay, sorry. But, I I get it, but right. I don't know. Go go ahead. I think so okay, sorry. So, you know, we'll start from the beginning. We got we got Darth Vader. He's established as a character who want who who had so much good intent, who wanted to love, but then was told that he wasn't allowed to and be loved. Right, and then then that love was taken away from him, uh, or that that uh, the person was taken away from him, and in doing so, he fell into a place that he never. I said. Don't take from the original. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. Go ahead. Oh, okay. You know what? Even if we okay, if we start <laughs> shoot, if we only do <laughs> yeah, yeah, four, yeah. five, and six, then Darth Vader has no motivation whatsoever until until the very end of it, and then he goes, "Oh, by the way, you're my kid," and uh, oh yeah, the other one's my daughter. Did you kiss her? That's just weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder if he had that planned when he when George Lucas originally wrote the. Is that the first one? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. The kiss is in the second, or no, the kiss is in the first one. 
Because the second one, Han Solo and Leia have already kind of established their relationship. Okay. Okay. You're right. And then they further in the third one. Right. Um, I think it's in the first one. It might have been the first one. It's fine. <laughs> they didn't like, there was no tongue or anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that. If there's no tongue, it doesn't count, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, so just in those three movies, they actually really didn't give him that motivation. So mm-hmm. really, Darth Vader as a character was pretty shallow. But everyone loved Darth Vader. They liked the menace of Darth mm-hmm. Vader. Also, there there was no need for the character development because we didn't even care that he was that. They just like, oh, hell yeah, plot twist, you the daddy, you know. <laughs> but and they liked Darth Vader before that. They liked Darth Vader even in the original Star Wars. Darth, he, they liked Darth Vader as a villain, not necessarily as a character. No, I know as a villain. Yeah. And, so, and I think Kylo Ren is not just a villain, and that's what kind of separates him as a as a as a character that people like and dislike. Quite so in this does that quite mean that you do like him as a villain? Do I uh, do I like Kylo Ren as a villain? Mm-hmm. I do. He has he has depth. Okay. And for now, what they're able to do with Kylo Ren is effectively do what it took six movies to do for Darth Vader. And that is established that he even exists as a person and not just as a, as a, as a, just as a villain. He doesn't exist as just necessarily antagonist, but he exists as an antagonist with motivation and with a past. And Kylo Ren, they effectively gave him his backstory and his motivation, his reasons for doing everything that he does and reasons for falling into the bad places that he falls within those two movies. So they have established him already as a more in-depth character than Darth Vader was in his original uh, stint as the as the villain. Started by J.J. Abrams. Okay. I mean, really. I mean, but he, even then, J.J. Abrams, Abrams started that character arc. So, in, in, in starting that character arc, did J.J. Abrams in, in The Force Awakens, did, do they ever show anything with the, the idea that Luke almost killed him? Because I don't remember that at all in the first one. No. So... Because Luke isn't in that one, right. so all you see they what I'm show saying? like they they oh. established that he was a character that had emotional problems, but they never quite gave him. They show the past. They, so when Ray touches that light, the lightsaber, Luke's yeah. Skywalker lightsaber, they show glimpses, and one of the right. glimpses is it shows, which we've never seen it, but it shows um, Kylo Ren with his Knights of Ren, mm-hmm. with that rainy scene, field scene. Yeah. Which and is probably just an allusion to the third episode. Yeah, and then uh, and then they show Luke seeing it all burning down, right? And he has his hand on top of R two D two. So that's you see. Or you see Luke. I mean, those could be kind of artistic representations of things that happen. They may not yeah. be one to one. So, so you I, know that Kylo Ren caused the destruction. Mm-hmm. You know that Luke is in grief over the destruction, mm-hmm. and that's that's basically all you really know about luke in the first one right and i mean kylo ren's character at that point hadn't been truly developed other than that other than like telling you that he that his parents were were, were han and in leia well his character was already so one of his one of his first scenes mm-hmm. um he talks to snoke snoke um and he goes into the other room, and he's pissed off. I don't remember what about. Yeah. But he takes his lightsaber and he slices up the, the wall, like the yeah, yeah, the wall like crazy. So I mean, they established his rage. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is definitely something that's favored by the Sith. Yeah, and they 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 showed that. You, you know, well, I mean, you sh- they, they showed he has, he the has mask. no control. They showed him having Darth Vader's mask. Mm-hmm. They showed him having his own Darth Vader-like mask. Mm-hmm. They showed at the very beginning. They showed that he's just. I mean, they showed him trying to emulate Darth Vader, even though he's never met Darth Vader. Which, but he knows that Darth Vader is this menacing, terrifying force in the universe, and that's. And, and you don't think. That the reason why he idolizes Darth Vader is because of Snoke. Oh, I'm sure. You don't think that Snoke has indoctrinated that into him? Oh, that yeah. He, that Darth Vader is one of the greatest Siths that ever lived or whatever, and that you need to be like this guy. Because if you really think about it, yeah, he didn't meet him ever. Mm-hmm. He never would have. And the only way to even have acquired that mask is by somebody else getting it for you. Yeah. And... It's definitely manipulation on Snoke's part, and so if you if you think about you take in as 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 a, as a master, he takes in somebody that's already broken, that already believes that everybody's going to betray him, and he ingrains in that person that you need to hate these people and emulate this other person that hated people too. By the way, I'm not going to tell you about his redemption at the end, but hate him. You need to hate like he did. Yeah, you know. And the thing but is, but in that in that. So in that first movie, just that, just just having his mask and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like it has, it's it like without even saying anything, mm-hmm. just by these scenes, like we were talking about, it has established all these, all these things about it, this character. It establishes that to people who paid attention. Other people go, why would he even have that? That makes no <laughs> sense. No, you know, I, I don't I, see the symbology in that, no, or or they don't, or they don't. Pay I don't attention think so. To it. I don't think so. I think that's. I think that's pretty implicit. Is that the right word? It should be. That, yeah. and, and, I, and, and that also implies intelligent moviegoers. Not saying that most aren't. I'm just saying that a lot. He might have done more in little scenes because he, as a experienced director, just realized there's not. I don't need to spend too much time on these things. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it here. I just need to show it a couple times, if not. not and maybe a, that's the difference between Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams. Is J.J. Abrams' experience helped him more, make his movie more polished than The Last Jedi? Because The Last Jedi, they're both polished in their own ways, and that. Well, that's and, been and the that complaints the about Jedi, it, The Last Jedi is polished to a point of like sheen. That's like, been complaints about Ryan Johnson, though. Uh, right. His movies running too long, and him kind of not being able to find a way to, you know, shrink it I down think and explain Ra- Yeah, it. I was going to say, I think Ryan Johnson's concept was polished, but I don't, I don't think his overall uh, execution, yeah, mm-hmm. the execution of it was definitely a little rough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, like I said, I, I, I didn't hate it. I It was the most divisive Star Wars I've seen, where mm-hmm. there's a ton I loved and a ton I hated. Let's wait to the third one. Let's see if J.J. Abrams can do it again. I'm pretty sure people will have problems with it. Yeah, pro- we'll probably have a whole podcast on episode nine or whatever. Yeah, when that ever comes out, because I'm pretty sure Disney said, ah, uh, fuck, we need to take a break. No, it's n- next December. I know, I know. But I'm saying, by them not That's coming... That's a long time from the have, though. The, the but, yeah, but not coming out this December, which is a fe- long time it was almost the officially the plan for them to just kind of do one mid-year movie. Well, one. Solo came out this year, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it would have led into uh, having... It feels like Last Jedi came out so long ago. Yeah. It only came out like a year ago. It, not even that. 
It was last December. So yeah, they were nine doing. months or so. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Anyways, well, uh, we'll have another episode when uh, when episode nine comes out or whatever other Star Wars side project they decide they're going to do, which I highly doubt they're going to do right now because, hey, they just lost or they didn't lose any money, but they just didn't make as much money as they thought they were mm. going to on Solo. They will, they'll get it all back with J.J. Abrams. I'm sure. But even then, just shoot. Even good directors have bad movies. So just saying. Or bad projects that they work no, on. No, not him. I'm trying to think of something bad that he's in. Uh, he, oh gosh. French was all right, but the ending for that was horrible. I didn't watch French. French was so uh, well. He he just the concept. I mean, good. even with Lost, I mean, he just worked with Damon Lindelof to get it started, and then Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof kind of like took the reins. They they he just he just helped create the concept. Sure, man. Just like Fringe, Excuse he helped create the concept. Excuse it, however you like. <laughs> um. So, so we talked about Darth Vader. We talked about Kylo Ren. And these are villains. And so next week we're going to kind of dive into what we think makes a good villain. Okay. While so. talking about other villains and stuff. That sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. And we're going to probably do. I think maybe we'll do a section in like what makes a good villain in a TV series. What makes a good villain in a okay. movie. Um, and what makes a good villain in video games. And really dependent they on... They are very different, I realized very yesterday. Very Very, very different. Um, they're... Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> let's next, not even get into next that. Next week, though. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that, that'll, that'll be pretty fun. And you know what? The week after that, and I kind of have... I feel like I have to say this now so that we do it. <laughs> We're going to do spiritual successors, remakes, <laughs> okay, and okay, remasters. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, so, I'll put it in my notes. So, so episode nine... <laughs> will be spiritual successors, yes. remakes, and remasters for sure. Since, but episode since eight, episode nine is going to be a spiritual successor of the Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's a return to form from episode one where we said we were going to do But Revenge of the successor. Sith was nothing like Return of the Jedi. Uh, yes, nope. it was. Huh? Yes, it was. Well, actually, they did have the planet of the of the Wookies in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. So they did have, mm-hmm. they just have bigger. Mm-hmm. It's Hollywood. And Things got to get bigger. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. have furry creatures. Yeah. We need bigger furry creatures. Was it was it episode two that had the uh that that one scene with Obi Wan on the on that big lizard thing? And yes, he, and he yes. fought Grievous. Yes. Dude, that was like one of my favorite scenes from that movie. I forgot like, about Grievous. It was yeah. so clean. Like, yeah. like the, he was like just running down the sides of the the, the walls uh, and that thing. Yeah. And it's, make, it's making a very like iconic, oh, in my opinion, iconic like little like arr, arr thing. Like it was like making the noise <laughs> as it was doing the thing. It was just so cool. I really like people. Uh, man, I tell I tell you, I'll tell you time and time again. People be hating on those movies, but first of all, graphic fidelity of those movies beautiful. Yeah. Second of all, like. The, 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 the established lore. The established lore of those stories was good too. And you get the internet and then groupthink becomes this dangerous entity. Plus people be hating on Grievous. How you hating on Grievous? I don't really know. My dude out here slaying the Jedi's <laughs> And then he's got like six of six of the lightsabers, and he's all like swinging around doing the thing. But then he's then he's a little bitch, but it's okay because like. It, it almost like shows that there's just so much bravado to those kinds of things. Like, yeah, I only did this because it boosts my ego, but yet I know when to run. 
Gotta get out of here, guys. Sorry, peace out. You know, he did that several <laughs> yeah. times in that movie. Anyways, I guess that kind of leads into villains. So we'll uh, we'll talk more about that. Oh, I'll, I'll talk about. Oh, he is a villain. good villain. I didn't even think about it. Okay. Um, but yeah. So do you anything else you wanted to you want to talk about this weekend? No. Well, I mean, it's funny how we we did like an outro, but then we kept off talking. I know. <laughs> it's all good. So bye, people. Peace out. Do you bye people really? Okay. Whatever. <laughs>